catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Big Sills! The show that matters. The show everyone listens to. And as my good friend Angelo Cataldi just told me, the last show. That's truth, justice, and the American way. And the Big Sills way. Welcome aboard. We so appreciate all of you coming aboard with us. We do. We know you have many options out there. You could go anywhere, but you choose now to keep coming here, and the more the merrier, and people keep flocking to the show. It keeps growing. Every time our guys put a clip or we put an interview up, we post the show, it continues to grow each and every single week. I got off the phone two minutes ago with Angelo Cataldi, and he goes, dude, you're killing it. You matter in Philly, which means this. You guys matter. Congratulations to you. You guys are becoming a voice, not only just in Philly, but the NFL. And you're rattling cages. Perfect. This show will keep its identity like I have for 28 years in broadcasting. We're not deviating off of anything. And some good news today. You know what's great about the NFL? They know how to use a sports calendar. Unlike the NBA. Hey, did you see this? You know those, what was that, flag football? And those those NFL games had higher ratings than the NBA All-Star game. You see, the NBA still thinks they're a political party. And they can tell you how to think and how to believe. Like some people in our country like to tell you. Instead of just giving you sports like the NFL does. People don't come here to listen to my stupid ass politics. Nor do I want to give it to you. You come here for sports. That's why you go to the NFL. Today's official NFL tag day. Teams have to start really the process of building their championship journey. Some teams are going to be Super Bowl contenders, and some people are not going to be Super Bowl contenders. It's what you do in the offseason that sets the stage for what you're going to do in the fall. You see, unlike the general manager for the Eagles, he thinks you can kind of put Band-Aids 
on the football team in season and hire those trash can linebackers, and you think you can go out there and just put linebackers out there, and you know for a fact that those guys clearly aren't good enough to make the team. You got to build your team in the offseason, like he did in 22. It was a marvelous job that he did. He did a marvelous job in 22. 23 was a train wreck. I would say this to you. Your offense, Super Bowl contending offense. Your defense, bottom five trash can defenses. Take a look at what happened. One in seven down the stretch. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. One of the worst defenses in the league. All three levels. Run defense, linebackers, back seven. All terrible. All terrible. All terrible. What you do now is going to determine if you're a contender or not. Eagles have a top 10 defensive payroll with bottom 10 results. That's what my friend Tone just said. And again, you know what that comes down to? The mismanagement of resources by the GM on that side of the football. That's what you have. You spend a ton of money on your corners. You got no results. And your trash can linebackers gave you nothing. Facts. I wrote some things down that have to happen for a successful offseason. Top 10 payroll on defense and trash can results on that side of the ball. That's mis- That's called mismanagement and misappropriation of funds. I wrote down some things here before we get into the major topics. For the Eagles to have a successful 2024 offseason, and I do, and I do think it starts with these coordinators. If you're going to add or subtract something in the offense, do it fast. Don't let it linger. Don't meander into the OTAs or into training camp trying to figure out it. Do it now, okay? Is Kellen Moore going to add something? Is he going to put them under center? Is there going to be more rollouts? Whatever. Make it fast. Start practicing it now. That's another thing. You might want to work harder. Management believes that you don't have to work hard to win a championship anymore. Those weak-ass practices, calling training camp, ending OTAs. You want to know why Jordan Davis is a fat ass? Because you don't work hard enough. Signed, Javon Hardgrave. I mean, you got players around the league making those comments, not just me. 
They don't work hard enough in Philadelphia. Javon Hardgrave said that. They don't work hard enough in Philly. When I got to San Francisco, we went to practice. Is the O-line aging? I heard Tone and Rob say this, that they still have one of the top five O-lines in the league. You sure about that? Are you sure about that? Personally, Lions, Cleveland, Baltimore, those are pretty good O-lines. Okay? Are we sure? Your right tackle, Lane walking back a little? Not horribly. Good with Lane. Your center position? We'll know by what? What is it? The uh, combines? That's usually when Jason Kelsey gives the Eagles a heads up what he's going to do. You sold that right guard. I wouldn't call Cam Jurgens and Steen top right guards in the league. I think they're okay. Great? Good? I don't know. We'll see. And depth. Something that the Eagles have been great at. You know what that is? Building the O-line. Something Norman Brayman couldn't do. Nor didn't want to do. Because that's where the majority of your millionaires are. There's five of those guys. And you're paying them handsomely. Two tackles are big money. Your left guard's going to be a giant money guy at $20 million. You know your left guard's going to be the highest paid player on the offensive line next offseason? He's going to command $22 million. Your center's the highest paid center? Decisions. They do a great job there. What's the plan on the back seven? What are you going to do? These are these are questions for them to have a successful offseason here. What are you going to do in your back seven? How are you going to address it? Personally, that back seven, you're overhyping your safeties. They're not good. You got one corner that's good, and it's the guy you're paying less, Slay. The other guy, now look, I've said this before about how we giving Bradbury the money. I would have too. I would have made that call too. Thought he had a great year in 22. So you can't do Monday morning quarterback on a corner who had a great year. I disagree with that. People are now trying to, oh, I would never have signed. That's, you're lying. You would have. Any, I'll tell you what. If Bradbury had gone on the open market at the beginning of the 22 season, correct me if I'm wrong, Tone, he'd be an $18, $19 million guy. So don't tell me you wouldn't have paid him. 30 teams would have paid him. So you can't have Monday morning quarterback on Bradbury. Hey, did he fall off? Yeah. You got to remember something. 
how he gave an enormous contract to a guy who was cut. There's a reason the Giants now, you got to remember some of this stuff is cap casualty. So you got to be careful with the comment that I just made because he was a cap casualty. He wanted $9 million. The Giants didn't want to do it. And he was a casualty of the cap. So, And that happens. Okay? That happens. Is the RPO back or not? The only way the Philadelphia Eagles are going back to the Super Bowl is if you put the RPO in. If you don't, you're never getting there again. As With Jalen Hurts as your quarterback. You're never getting there. Jalen, I'm going to make a point to you here in a second. And I want to show you something. There's two different Jalen Hurtses. Jalen Hurts, the best quarterback in the NFC. You've got to be kidding. That 23 Hurts never happened. 22 Hurts is a different guy. As according, do you do you want to hear what people used to say about Steve Young versus Joe Montana? There was a year, if I'm not, I can't remember the year. Joe got hurt. Young went in. He won the MVP that year. Had the most incredible. I was in the league at the time. Do you know what coordinators used to say about Young? Holy cow, is Young healthy? I'd rather have Montana. I know where he is in the pocket. And Joe was fabulous. But Young was a weapon. He was a weapon. He ran four fives, four fours. I played against him in high school. He, I thought Steve Young in high school when he played at Greenwich High, I thought he was going to be a running back. He was electric. I met him at the um, All-State team up in New Haven. And I go, where are you going? He goes, BYU. Well, where the hell else will I go? Uh, as a running back, he goes, no, a quarterback. Turned out to be, again, I mean, a Hall of Fame guy. Hall of Fame guy. I'm gonna here. Let me let me show you something here, and 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 I'll prove my point to you. Quarterbacks. That I would build my team around, and I'm going off the 2000. I'm going off the 2023 hertz, and then, I'll do the 2022 hertz. Fair. Because so far, we've seen three different dudes. And by the way, the metric works for Jordan Love. He gets the benefit of the doubt. Hertz has only had one great year. First year starting? How about this? You think Jordan Love had a better first year starting than Jalen? Here's quarterbacks off of the 23 Hertz I'd start my team with. And I put these, uh, I, you know, there's not very many guys in the league. Okay? There's not very many guys in the league when you start getting down near 16 and 17. Mahomes, obviously. Josh Allen. 43-06, 29 touchdowns, 15 rushing. Four-time AFC East champion. 
He's got one dude in the room, Stefan Diggs. And now Gabe Davis is gone, and they're going to cut after June 1 Diggs. Lamar Jackson, three. Joe Burrow, four. Justin Herbert, five. C.J. Stroud, these are people I build my team around. I got C.J. Stroud because of his youth. You notice there's no Aaron Rodgers here. I'm not building my team around an old dude. Okay? Yeah, Chip. I'm keeping that dude off the list because he's 100 years old. I'm not building my team around a guy who's around one year. And you'll notice who's missing. So let me do it again. Mahomes won. Guys, I build my team around. Mahomes won. Allen, two. Lamar, three. Burrow, four. Justin Herbert, five. Stroud, six. Jordan Love, seven. Jalen Hurts, eight. Even off the shitty 23 season. Dak, nine. Golf, 10. And I'm going to hang there with Stafford. The rest of them, I'm not building my team around them. And you saw there's no Brock Purdy. I'm building my team around a guy I'm totally not sure yet. Just not, hey, I'm just not sure yet. You see, the difference you get here with our show compared to others, we're, 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 we're not going to be an eagle pom-pom waver. We're going to tell you what others think of this kid and the organization right now. Not building my team around Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is a damn good quarterback, and I'm glad to see the Vikings are back having a conversation with him. Okay? I am. I think it's important. Where are you going? Into the draft? Does it make sense? We've been saying this. You think it makes sense signing a guy who's a wide receiver? For $30 million, and you're going to go into the draft and draft a rookie quarterback? I don't know how that helps the the team win games. You're in a complete rebuild then. Best move for the Vikings is to trade his ass. Get draft picks. No, I'm not building my team around any of those guys that are going to be coming into the draft. I don't believe in any one of those quarterbacks. And I haven't seen him play on the NFL. Shit, I'll tell you what, Shooter. I'll take the kid Anthony Richardson from Indianapolis before I take one of those guys. Those guys are meat. Drake May, Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, they're meat. They're rookies. I haven't even seen them with an NFL helmet in their hand yet. I've given them any kudos or any kind of say that I think that they would make it in the National Football League? Absolutely not. I mean, look, let me let me throw this at you here. And I put Hertz at eight. By the way, once again, I believe that the front office is trying to make Jalen Hurts a better version of 23. You're not going to win a Super Bowl, dude. You're not going to win from the pocket. I'll show you why. 
Here are guys that had better seasons from the pocket in 2000. And we have people who actually, who are on our network, believe that Jalen's the best quarterback in the NFC. When last year, from the pocket, I can name you eight guys who had better years. Eight guys from the NFC that had better seasons than him. Jared Goff, 605, 407, 45, 75, 30 touchdowns, 67, 3. Across the board, he was better. And remember, you'll say this, Sills, he's different. No, he's not. Not in 23, he wasn't. I want to know who, who what they're going to do with him. Are you going to go back to RPO? Are you going to go back to what you know he can put your team in a Super Bowl with? Or the reason you hired Kellen Moore is because you want a better version of Dak Prescott. He's not Dak Prescott. Better coaching? Kellen Moore, you automatically think Kellen Moore is a better coach? Probably so. He's more experienced. For sure, so you give him the benefit. Last two years, I don't know. He was, if he was so good, why didn't Harbaugh keep him? Brock Purdy, 40, 444 attempts, 308, 69 4, 4280, 31 touchdowns. Remember something. They want Jalen to be a better pocket guy. So I'm talking about pocket guys in the NFC. Not dual threat. Because that's not what the Eagles want anymore. They don't want dual threat. That's why the high turnovers. Dak, 590, 372, 69-5, um, 45-16, 36 TDs, 9 picks. Had a superior year than Hurts from the pocket. With Mike McCarthy and not Kellen Moore. Jordan Love. You know what's really funny here? Now that you think about it. Brock Purdy. Kyle Shanahan. Dak. Mike McCarthy. Jordan Love. Matt LaFleur. Matthew Stafford. Sean McVay. I mean, these are just NFC guys. Golf, golf was number one. Baker Mayfield, 566. Three, six, Baker Mayfield had a better year from the pocket than Hurts did. Sam Howell had a better year from the pocket than Jalen Hurts did. And probably not. The 21 turnovers. Uh, no way. I'm not going there. Jalen had a better pocket year than him. Okay? 63-4, 21 uh, INTs with 21 touchdowns. He did not. I'll take that back. How about Derek Carr? How many people think Derek Carr, Jalen had a better pocket year? And remember, this is what they want. This is what they want. How about Derek Carr's year? 
How many people believe Jalen had a better year from the pocket than Derek Carr? I thought he did. I thought he did. I thought he did. 548, 375 completions, 68 4, 38 78, 25 touchdowns, eight picks. Think about all those coaches you named. The Eagles thought they were getting that guy. They know they don't have it and are doing everything possible to hide their mistake. You mean Nick? How is Jalen Hurts going to evolve from the 23 season? He's not. You know how Jalen Hurts evolves? Put that damn RPO back in. I'm going to make a point to you now. You don't put that RPO in. You're going to stunt this guy's ability to win significant games. You're going to win games, but you're not going to win the game. Jalen Hurts in open space. And when he runs that RPO, he is the best wildcat quarterback that can throw the ball in NFL history. I say he's better than Lamar. I do. He's a better decision maker. Lamar's the better athlete. That doesn't necessarily win you critical games. If you give me Jalen Hurts 22, are you a Super Bowl contender? You fix the defense up? You're somewhat respectable? Yeah. You keep doing what you're doing with that kid. You win seven games this year. I named you nine guys who had better passing seasons on what they want to accomplish. And you guys think magically the right guy to hire was Kingsbury, not more. Once again, you got the second, second best coordinator you desired. Last year, you got the third best coordinator um, defensively. And you had to settle, and that's why you hedged your bet with Patricia. No one really knew what his job was. Eagles didn't even list it on their website for weeks and what his exact job title was. It was like Matt Patricia, Nick Sirianni's boy. I don't know. You'll never get there the further you get away from, you know, the, what, and again, I keep hammering this point because you paid the guy for the 22 season and the growth level that Tone talks about all the time. And then you're getting away from it. You're trying to change it. It makes absolutely no sense. And then the inconsistency of the hiring of the coaches. Last year, you, you hired training wheel coordinators with zero experience. This year... It's like you went through the yellow pages and you guys were looking up the most experienced position coaches and coordinators you can find or hire or ones that you can tolerate because you remember something. Howie's the one that pulls all the strings here. He's the one. Nick Sirianni, 
Once again, like I said, Nick's a doorman. Okay? It's like a bouncer at a club. There's no, even the Philadelphia sports media people were asking the question, what's your job, dude? I'm the head coach. Of what? The cafeteria? Come on, man. Time to get down to really some really serious conversations here. Got to tell you, a lot of people listen to the program. And you know how I know we're doing it right? I know we are, because you're here. Here's the other topic. I just hit on it a bit. What is Sirianni's job exactly in 24? What is it? What's his job in 24? What is he in charge of? Morale? Well, that went to shit last year. Screaming at the fans, like in Kansas City or Indianapolis or Arizona. Help me out here. What's his job? Lying at press conferences? Making things and stories up like Seattle? Help me out here. He's a motivator. Okay? Told you from day one. I have never thought of anything more of him than a cheerleader. Okay? The success is going to be, get this, there's more pressure on Jalen around him going into this year than his entire career. This is a career year for him. Because you know what you're going to do with Jalen Hurts here? You're going to do this. He was a one-year wonder. Nobody wants to say that. Have we seen one-year wonders in sports? All the time. Legendary one-year wonders. Jeremy Lin, Roger Maris. Go down the list of one-year wonders. Right? Guy you thought was spectacular. Never showed up again. Prince goes like this. That's bullshit. He's not a one-year wonder. How do you know that? How do you know that? I'm not saying he is. I'm asking the question. I'm not indicting him. For the record, I'm not. I'm not indicting him on it. Hey, is Brock Purdy a flash in the pan? Is, wait a minute. Let me ask you this. 
Well, Brock Purdy, LJ, has had two better seasons out of the gate than Hertz has had. And I still think I want to see more from him. Would you not agree? Brock Purdy, I don't know, could he be a flash in the pan? Maybe. He looks awful good, Sills. Yeah, you take a couple spark plugs out of the engine. Doesn't quite look the same. You know what I mean? Right? Same with Hurts. Were I give Jalen a little more? Lane wasn't on one of those games that he won last year. Take Trent Williams off that 49er team. Oh, I'd rather have Debo off the team than Trent Williams. I don't want Trent Williams off that 49er old line. Oh, Brock Purdy looks like Mr. Irrelevant without Trent Williams, man. Lost lane in the Buffalo game. Yeah, and it was an iconic moment in the fifth quarter for Hertz. That drive was the best moment of the year for him. That was his shining moment of the season, was that Buffalo overtime. After that, all the energy they put into that game, after that game, it, the team was never the same. They put everything into that win. And after that, you started losing to Drew Locke, Tyrod Taylor, Tommy DeVito, Kyler Murray. Name the bums you want down the stretch. I mean, you were losing to some of the worst people who will not be considered at all for starting quarterbacks next year. Even though I'd like to have Tyrod Taylor backing up Jalen. Uh, you know, I started thinking about um, veteran backups for Jalen. I like Tyrod Taylor. I think Jalen and him would get along well. Like, can you imagine Jalen going over and asking him questions? What do you see here, there? All the trials and tribulations he's been through in his career. You know, he's been through the ups and downs. I, I, I mean, I kind of like that. I think that's one of the great dynamics that you guys had when you had Frank Reich and you had Doug Peterson and you had Nick Foles, Darewood Hurts. What do all three of those guys have in common that were all behind Carson Wentz? They were all backup quarterbacks. Frank, Doug, and Nick. They had seen all the shit, been told all the crap. They knew all the pitfalls. Wentz just wasn't strong enough to pull himself out of it. They're two different people. I see people constantly comparing Carson Wentz's situation to Jalen. Two different folks. Now, the organization um, did not help Jalen Hurts last year by hiring those bums as coordinators. You guys kept telling me because Brian Johnson played with Jalen Hurts, and these guys have been playing with the Tonka toys since they were kids, that that was going to matter. I went, that doesn't mean shit in the NFL. No one cares. You don't have to go out to lunch with your coach, dude. Your coach has to put you in a position to succeed. That's all I care about. I don't care he's my boy. It has nothing to do with it. it. has nothing to do with it. Okay? You know, it's getting to a point now. Whereas Nick Sirianni is almost irrelevant any longer in our conversations because I don't know what he does. So Jalen called three screen passes back-to-back. -back. Come on, Sills. 
Okay, Prince, to that point, if he thought they sucked, why didn't he change them? He has to take some blame, but the offense was... Okay, I see what you did. Okay, I got it. I didn't didn't read all of it. I got it now. You're right. He's got to take some of that blame too, which means he's got to be more of a leader. In game, not at press conferences. In game. I don't like that play. I think you, listen, this is the kind of relationship I want to see Jalen Hurts have with Kellen Moore. The greatest coaches that you could ever have are coaches that you trust. Do you trust them? Here's the difference. There's coordinators in the league that want to put up a lot of points and a lot of yards, but don't really try to win games. They're there to service themselves, try to get head coaching jobs. There's certain coaches that develop, want to win games. I think that Joe Brady kid up in Buffalo is the best thing ever happened to Josh Allen. Best thing ever happened to him. You don't have to throw for 450 yards, son. You don't have to run the ball 38 times, son. The punt team is just as important as the offense, son. That's why there's three parts of football. Defense, offense. Brady wasn't afraid of the punt. I don't know why quarterbacks and why the Eagles are so hell-bent on big play plays when big plays don't win you Super Bowls. If that was the case, the Patriots would have won the Super Bowl with Moss in that electric year they had. Instead, they won Super Bowls. Check down, check down, check down, punt. Check down, check down, check down, punt. Check down, check down, check down, punt. Vinatieri, go home, lift the Lombardi trophy. That's the story of the Patriot dynasty. It's boring. I think the owner of the Eagles doesn't like boring. Boring wins Super Bowls. Boring. Brady's boring. Mahomes is electric. He's electric. He even looks different winning than Brady. Brady's not as talented. Hurts can be the same. Hertz can be a Tom Brady. Check down, check down, check down. Throw it to the easier open guy. You don't have to go plus. We showed you that passing chart that Hertz had in 23. He had a quarterback rating in the middle of the field of eight. 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 Okay. You don't want to throw across the middle? Then why are you throwing to places that people picked up on the numbers? Shitty coaching and Jalen not checking out of it. Give me the RPO. 
Those numbers would have been open. The middle of the field would have been open. But you want the 23 hertz. Never win. Ever. With that version of him. Will he get better? Yeah. Barring injuries? Yeah. They want him around for 15 years. Listen to what I'm going to tell you here. The Eagles, Howie and the owner, they want the quarterback around for 15 years. I want the quarterback around for three Super Bowls, whatever that time frame is. I don't give a shit about 15 years, 10 years from now, four years from now. I don't care about that. The Patriots dynasty is what should be copied around the league. Not the big play offenses. Isn't it funny? Kansas City's not a big play offense anymore. You know, Tone, I'd like to know how many underneath passes Mahomes threw this year compared to, well, then again, he didn't have a thousand yard receiver. Did, did, um, the Packers? The Packers had to have a thousand yard receiver, right? Right? They had to have a thousand yard guy. Patriots for their dynasty run the majority of offense was middle of the field. Jalen would succeed. The majority of Mahomes' passes were less than five yards. Think about it. Wonder where they got that from. Wonder where they got that from. It's not about the... here. The greatest thing that my coach used to tell me all the time, Jimmy Johnson, it's not about the big plays you make. It's about the stupid plays you don't make. Don't make the stupid play. Teams that don't make the stupid play, that's why I get this. Jalen Hurts had pretty much better offensive numbers across the table in 23. Then why was the 22 season better? Because he had only six turnovers. I'll take 22 and six versus 30 and 16 any day. Any day. That means I'm not playing in short field position. I'm not putting my defense in a shitty position in case there's three and outs. The whole thing offensively, I think the offense ran the defense out of gas, actually. It was almost a Chip Kelly effect. Doesn't it, isn't it ironic to you that the defense was so good early? And all of a sudden, when the defense offense kept sputtering along, not running the ball anymore, no RPOs, became predictable, the defense got worn out being out there. You don't see that, though, do you? That the offense of the Eagles wore the defense of the Eagles out in 23. You don't see that, do you? Right? 
the entire level. Back end, linebackers, and front all got worn out. Why? Three and outs, no run game, turnovers, predictability. It was like high school coaches coaching a pro team. You went from a situation in 22 where you were elite to being temple in your approach. (laughs) Rob would probably kick my ass for that, and so will Angelo, okay? I respect... Take the turnovers out of the equation, Jalen. You can't take the turnovers out of the equation. Why do you? Because why would you want to tell half the story? They're asking him. See, when LJ says that, LJ, I'm not ripping you on it. But what I am saying is, they're tr- that's not what they want. Jalen Hurts needs to throw the ball as much as Brock Purdy, about 450 times a year. What did he throw it? 538, too many. What a tone, what did he throw in um, 22? 465, was it? Something like that? It was like 465. Where the hell do you think those other plays went? They were your RPO plays that opened the entire field up. I'm telling you, man, when that guy's in open space, he's like Steve Young. He's as frightening as Steve Young. When you put him in the pocket, he's Tyrod Taylor sometimes. He's not special. Yet, he may be. Not right now, he's not. 15, what was it? Hey, 538, 352, 38, 58, 23, and 15 is not special in today's NFL. 65 four completion percentage. That's the league average. That's not special. Jalen Hurts was special in 22. He was special. How did he move more? How did he move more passing attempts and less RPO attempts in 23? It makes no sense. Dude, when that guy is on the field, he's scary when he's in open space. I'm conceding to you. He's one of. They have took that element away from him because they don't. Remember Boomer Esiason on the program? Remember what they said? Hey, the Eagles have to learn how to deal with Jalen Hurts making the money also. And the Hurts has to deal with learning how to play with the contract. Look at the RPOs here. Look at his passing attempts. So his passing attempts go down in the RPO. He becomes predictable. There look, do you see this right here? That that number 122 and 89 and the passing yards 
is the reason that that guy did not have a good year this year. Plus the nuances of the play calling and Nick bullshitting you, telling you that he's it's his offense and all that other stuff. I don't know why they are doing this. Nobody in his right now. This is what I said. Is Kellen Moore going to put this thing back in or is he not going to put it back in? Jalen Hurts becoming a better. Hey, do you guys not agree? If you had the RPO win, Jalen Hurts, his, his, his growth rate at being a passer will accelerate. Don't you agree to that? Having him sit back there, not throw to the middle of the field and throw to the numbers, is not going to accelerate his growth as a passer. But when he has the element of surprise with the RPO, you have to, as a defensive football player, you have to respect his wheels. Seals, you think Hurts has a say in the style of play calling? It's a great question. And I, and I throw this at you here. Are you going to complain when you're making $50 million to your bosses? This is part of what Boomer said. This is part of what Esiason said. Hey, you got to learn how to play with the contract. No, I think they got to learn how to deal with the contract. I mean, the, I mean, everybody in the front office, they hide the kid. What, what did Jeff Kerr say? He's less accessible today than he was a year ago. Even in the handling of the kid, they're not doing it right. Brady's accessible. I know Jason Light, the GM in Tampa. You know Bruce Arians has been on the program numerous times. Brady sits down with rookies. Talks to everybody when he was in Tampa. Everyone. Everybody. Third-team guy, fourth-team guy. All them guys. That's one of the greatest things that made Brady. I think this, and I've said this to you about Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is the greatest teammate in pro football history. Because it didn't matter if you were Randy Moss or Stan Moss. He was going to be a teammate to you. That's what killed Wentz. Wentz liked half the room. When you're a quarterback, you got to love the entire room. No matter what it is. Let me say this to you too. I, I hear Tone talking about the one thing that gives me hope on Hertz. You know what that is? Yes, he's intangible. You know what that is? He's a workaholic. He's a workaholic. Kyler Murray's not a workaholic. There's guys that just, Jordan Davis is not a workaholic. Like, if Jordan Davis is not told, or they don't, see, Here's the problem that they have when they don't have hard practices. Not everybody's going to be Brandon Graham and run extra sprints after. They're going to do what they're told and go home, put their pants on and go home and eat sandwiches. They're not going to go over and above. You hope he would. Half the room doesn't do that. 
They rely on their ability. I already know the problem with Jordan Davis. Take it from someone who failed. Okay? He don't work hard enough. He doesn't do the little things. You know what the little things are? Here's the most important thing that that kid doesn't do. When the lights aren't on and it's raining and no one's around watching, he's at home eating White Castle burgers. The great ones are out in the dark, running in the rain, putting the extra work in because they don't want to be good. They want to be special. Those are the guys you're praying you draft. And the, you're praying you get them. Those hall of, most of those Hall of Famer guys, they're all overachievers. Look at Kurt Warner, the ultimate overachiever. Cut five different times. Told he sucked. Had to go to the Arena League, the World League, leagues I played in. Before someone went, eh, let's see what he got. What he had was a Hall of Fame career. Hard work. What does Mike Tomlin always say? My favorite coach, never let go of the rope. Jordan Davis, let's go of the rope. So when you're not told to do extra sprints, you don't. And unfortunately, you got guys on that football team. Didn't Hurts even make that comment? We got guys that are committed and some guys that aren't committed. Didn't he say that? Then then the Eagles made him walk it back to one of their many walk-back comments last year. Because what was the words? Clarify. Right? Clarify. So many words he called the team's commitment out. Yeah, and then that's when we started seeing the, like, fumble drills and tones like this. Hey, Sills, they do that every day. You know, I've never seen it. (laughs) Chris makes a good point. He does. Hurts could have been talking about the coaches. They could have been. Coaching last year was atrocious across the board. Decision-making was atrocious. You, and, and again, this, you know, we were here a year ago, and I remember having these conversations with you guys. When I said this, and I made this point to you, why in the world would you sign a guy for five, $50 million and you give him a coordinator who's never been a professional coordinator in his entire life because he's been in the room? Because the front office believes that their process works? Once again, I'm going to make this as clear as I possibly can. You won that Super Bowl in 17 because you had elite coaching. Okay? Elite coaching and the players were awesome and performed. The decision-making of the front office people, you're incidental in that. You're the least important in that whole process. Players' effort, coaching, and guts won that Super Bowl. You know what lost you the Super Bowl? Meddling in 22. And inferior coaching because of control. 
Remember what I told you about the owner and the football team. They care more about control than they do winning a Super Bowl. Okay? It's evident. Through action. That's not an opinion. It's not an opinion. Brian Johnson was a huge fail. How do you know that? It was Nick's offense. What we were told. How do you know that? Remember what I told you. Nick Sirianni's a 12 and 11 coach as a play caller. When Steichen was here, he took over the play calling after two and five. With Nick Sirianni boasting about him being the play caller, he's 12 and 11. Jalen's worst year, wild card loss, Dak's best year, wild card win. I don't trust Dak Prescott. I trust Jalen Hurts. I'll never put Dak Prescott. You know, listen, I, I, I saw, listen, Craig Carton. Let me, let me address this because Carton's our friend of mine. You guys know that. And he's been on my program. I want you to understand something about Craig Carton, Okay. Now, look, he, he did make a mistake here. You know what the mistake is? I'm never going to do this. Okay? Hey, I heard this, and this guy told me this, but I can't tell you who told me. How many times have I shown you my text messages with Darius Slay, Britton Covey, Frank Reich? I give you context on who said it. I hate people that do the same thing, and I heard Tone say the same thing. And by the way, thank you for the kind words, Tone. Okay? But here's something I'll always do. I'll never be one of these infamous, hey, I heard this shit, and unless it's trade stuff or maybe what Kansas City is going to do with Sneed and Jones because Bill Moss told me. I'm going to always try to put a name behind it because I think that kind of – and by the way, I'm not a reporter. I'm not a journalist. Okay? You guys know that, but nor is Craig. And the one thing that Craig Carton did to you guys – he did exactly what he wanted. The Philly media and the Philly fan base is who he's talking to. He's not talking about Jalen Hurts or the Eagle. He has no idea what went on inside the locker room. He has no idea. But he knew any innuendo like that over a woman. I mean, <laughs> uh, sure, okay. I mean, I, I look, I... I'm not even going to really go anywhere with that because I have no intel on that, nor do I care to even respond to that. That's why I call that shit out on Sports Take. Don't throw a stone and hide your hand. Be a man about it and stand. That's right. Where'd you get the info from? Like, listen to this guy. He told me. That's why we get some of the best guests in the country on. I have pe people disagree with me all the time when I bring them up. Okay. I'll, I, I, I never say something like that without going. Frank told me. Okay. And, and, and by the way, who was the kid that was on? I heard you guys talking about, um, 
Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy that does basketball with Stephen A. I don't even care where he got it from. Just say what his infamous info is. Yeah. What's the kid that played for Doc with the Magic? I was there. I, I told you. Um, oh, geez. J, uh, J, uh, J.J. Reddick. I told you guys a long story. I don't know, Tone, if you've ever heard this. J.J. Reddick used to come on my program when I had my show on in Orlando all the time. Sills meet me at the, the Blue Martini in Orlando. There used to be these restaurants. I don't know if they're still there. They may be. But the Blue Martini in Orlando. Don't tell anyone you're coming. I show up at the Blue Martini. There's J- JJ goes, do me a favor. Don't take any pictures. And I went, take any pictures? What are you talking about? Here comes Tiger Woods, Spud Webb. And I forget, there was one other guy I didn't know. You talk this, JJ Reddick, Dan Cilio, Tiger Woods, and Spud Webb. We're sitting in the, um, we're, we're sitting in the, in, in, in the, uh, High-class area up there. And I'm sitting here going like this. I remember calling my wife going, you're not going to believe I'm with J.J. Reddick, Spud Webb, and Tiger. She's like, don't tell anyone that story. Nobody will believe you. I'm like, I'm sitting right next to Spud Webb. (laughs) Hey, I was, here comes Tiger. Tiger comes walking up. Hey, how you doing? I listen. You live in Orlando. I go, Tiger, that's great, man. How are you? And I was Great, bought everything, food, everything. I mean, the whole crew, he had bodyguards. Unbelievable time we had. And then J.J. Reddick goes, don't go on your show tomorrow talking about this. I go, are you crazy? This is legendary shit. And J.J. Reddick loved Doc. I think they got a house near each other and Dr. Phillips still to this day. And I got to tell you, I know Tone don't like Doc. Doc Rivers was a great coach in Orlando. He had no stars. It was the heart and hustle team. I think that's his best coaching year. Even
Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. People are trying their damnedest. They can't stop the force. Luke, the force. They can't stop it. I got my Bledsoe chart. Top 32 players upcoming NFL draft. Okay. Not by position, the top 32 players, according to Bledsoe. So we're going to take a look at that. One thing I'll say about the Giants. Hey, please hit the like button. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. Um, let, me, let, me, let me put this out there to you guys. So the New York Giants are going to give Daniel Jones all that money and they're going to move off of Saquon Barkley, who's the better player. You talk about a front office that doesn't know how to add and doesn't know how to spend money right. Take a look at what they're doing money-wise. They gave a shitty deal to Daniel Jones. The tight end they got from the Raiders, you know he's the highest paid tight end in the league? You know, he's the highest paid tight end in the National Football League. So they're paying that stiff, and they're paying the quarterback stiff, but now they're going to move off of Barkley, 
who's better than anything they got. Now, I know he's injury prone. And for the record, if I'm the Eagles, I don't have interest in him. He's hurt. And that's not what they do. I'd rather have you spend money on linebackers and safeties. Daniel Jones is a cheap man's version of Daniel. What was that kid's name? Dave Brown. That other Duke stiff. Dave Brown, Daniel Jones. Talk about bums. Everybody wanted to move off of Eli so fast. How's that working for you? Oh, Eli's past his prime. Well, what have you had in there? Tommy Pizza Delivery DeVito. Tyrod Taylor. Mike Glennon. I mean, you've had a cast of bums. Got to get Eli out of here. For who? Always remember, you want to replace somebody with someone. What's your plan? You know, I, I hear people saying this about Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey is one of the most important people that the Eagles can get back. $10 million? He's underpaid. People are like, I heard Tone say it too. Well, he's the highest paid guy um, at his position. If Jason Kelsey was 27 years old, he'd make $20 million. He'd make $20 million. The center position, hey, Creed Humphrey, he plays in Kansas City, does he not? Gee, best center in the AFC. Patrick Mahomes? Huh, funny. Coincidence? I don't know. Jared Goff, Ragnow, second best center in the NFC? Second highest paid center? Huh, I don't know. I don't know. You think there's any coincidence? I'll make the argument to you that the center position is almost as valuable as the left tackle position. Wait, I'm willing to give him top market value. He has a blank check with me. Me too. What do you want? Hey, do you mind if I get $13 million, 14 on the way out? Yeah, that's all right. I'd rather pay you and knock Fletcher Cox off the team. Dude, eventually, Howie Roseman's got to be called on on his two defensive tackles. If Fletcher Cox starts this year, it's an indictment on Roseman again. Okay? It's an indictment on his ability to draft. You got two first-round DTs, and they're not starting as a tandem yet? Well, when? Fourth year? Fifth year? That rookie comment in second year is over. I got great expectations for Jalen Carter. I told you on draft day. He's probably the third best player that was in that draft last year. You could, so you can make the argument, he could have been the second. The kid Gonzalez, um, CJ, Carter, they're all in that sandbox. Where you look at it and you go, Jesus, man, that kid's great. I think J Jalen Carter had a great year. But he had a predictable year from week 14 on, you know, that's what it is. Okay, that's what it is, man. 
Okay? I'm going to throw this at you here with Kelsey and how important he is. By the way, so Deshaun Watson's going to start throwing first week of March. That's quarterback your defense is going to have to play against in Brazil. And your defense is going to have to play against him. And Mari Cooper, the tight end, that offensive line, you better be ready. So Watson hasn't shown anything. Neither is your defense. Don't make it sound like you're good. You're not. Drew Locke beat you. You know, I mean, oh, Deshaun hasn't showed me anything with the Browns. No, but I saw Zach Wilson and Tyrod Taylor and Drew Locke beat you. So don't be talking shit like that, that you could stop a Deshaun Watson. You can't stop a journeyman quarterback in Drew Locke. Was it Drew Locke drafted by the Broncos? Brian Roseman is bad at drafting. Bet your ass he is. Absolutely. He's horrible at corner. He's horrible at linebacker. He, in many ways, he's horrible at edge. He's drafted one receiver worth of shit. Don't talk to me like he's some sort of guru drafter. Well, the light, I actually hear people that come on our network and say, you know how he's had two good drafts last, the last two years. Really? Nolan Smith is giving you nothing. Jordan Davis is half a player. Nicobe Dean stinks. Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot. Just look at the production chart. <laughs> I asked a question to the guys earlier, and I'm going to throw this out to you here about how important Jason Kelsey is. And I want to get our audience's take on this. Who do you think is a more important person to this season coming up? To the offense, to the team, who's more important, Lane Johnson or Jason Kelsey? And this goes to the argument some people want to see Kelsey retire. Who's more important? Who's more important in 2024 to your team, Kelsey or Lane? Toss-up? Kelsey, Kelsey. Toss-up. Well, here. Let me end that conversation because it's not a toss-up. And I heard the guys talking with great respect. It's not close. Kelsey has more responsibility. He's got 10 more things to do than what Lane does. 
Lane doesn't have the responsibility that Jason Kelsey does. He sets the outer eve in front. He's the guy that recognizes where the blitzing could come from. A gap, B gap. He's the guy that sets all that. Is it fan blocking, man zone? Tush push. Okay, all of that. Lane lines up and does what? Defends really good pass rushers. I'm not saying he's, by the way, I want to make this clear. Do I think both guys are Hall of Famers? I do. And if I had to put my name on it, like I do with Jared Bell and all the guys, I would say this to you. Kelsey's a first ballot. Lane, because he's a right tackle, might be a second ballot. Now, is he one of the best right tackles in the last 15, 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, both guys are getting a gold jacket. So we're talking about two phenomenal football players. Two exceptional players. Okay, so it, it's it's not, well, this guy sucks in this. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about importance here. The left tackle does what? He takes on also exceptional players, but he does one of the most important things because what is it? He's the only offensive lineman that protects the blind side of a quarterback. You know why there were more blitzes and why there were more hits on the quarterback this year? Because your offensive line was asked to pass probe more and he had shitty running back protection. High turnovers, high blitz rate, more hits on the quarterback, more attempts. You know why? What is the most important thing that they, again, did to Jalen Hurts? They made him predictable in the pocket. You knew where he was. In 22, you had no idea where he was, including his own O-line. It's easier to pass block when you got a mobile quarterback than a guy who sits in the pocket, especially when you have some deficiencies in picking up blitzes. You're not quite as good as you think you are in the O-line. Okay? You're not. Quarterback held on to the ball more. Why? Well, they changed him from 22 to being a pocket passer. This is not an opinion. This goes with the numbers and the hits on the QB and the blitz rate and the turnovers and the pass attempts. All of that and the shitty play calling. Yes, the predictability. Eight quarterback rating across the... Listen listen to... Jalen Hurts, I've said this to Tone, and I've said this to everybody. Jalen Hurts making the Pro Bowl, I'm actually stunned. So look what they did. They made him a pocket passer, which created more blitzing, which put more stress on the old line with more hits on the quarterback, and a quarterback that held on to the ball longer because there were bigger developing routes. And once the defense has figured out you were throwing to the numbers and not to the middle of the field, this guy had the hardest job on the planet. 
I don't know how that guy just didn't go. Well, he did at the end of the year. He kind of did. His body language was horrific in that Tampa game. And it kind of played into it. I mean, Jalen was put in all kinds of deficiencies last year. Inexperienced play caller, a different formula. That's why I said, no, I'm going I'm to go over these with Tone when we get them at the bottom of the hour. By the way, Gary Cobb at 430. Our good friend will join us. I mean, there were so many. How are you addressing this? You know, I'm getting to a point now where I may not even care to talk about Nick any longer because he's not really a coach. You know, he's not really a coach. He's more like, you know, one of those mannequins when you go to a department store and he's just standing there. He's he's like a mannequin. Really doesn't mean anything. You dress it up, you make it look like a coach, but it really doesn't have anything. And it's really not a job or anything. It's just a job to stand there. He's a mannequin. He has no redeeming quality on a coach. Players won't go to him because he has no autonomy in the room. So at the end of the day, again, we, we, we said this. And what was that topic that I wrote down here? Why are Howie and the owner of the Eagles hiding him? His metric is wins and losses now, like we said yesterday. Has nothing to do with the development of Jalen, the offense, the team. What's the point? Can, you, you, you know, the commissioner of the National Football League is a little like this. Falls on the sword for the owners. You know that, right? Social justice stuff and all that. Isn't it funny? The one thing about Kaepernick, you can always say, the NFL was so social conscious. Why didn't they give him a job? Just put him on the team. They never did, though. They gave him $20 million to go away. That's, that's, that's not believing in what you're saying. I want, they hide him because he takes the blame for, that's what the commissioner does. Okay? If Eagles win 10 games, Sirianni ain't going nowhere. What do you mean? Anthony says, see, this is what we brought up the other day. If Nick wins 10 games, he thinks Sirianni's job's safe. Why, his job wasn't safe this year. They had to come to Jesus' conversation with him. Didn't he? He was almost fired and he won 11 games. <laughs> and, and then 
The owner and the GM fired Doug Peterson because he wins four games in a Super Bowl. Nick keeps his job and all the assistants are fired because he wins 11 games. And he takes a knee to them. This could be an interesting year, to say the least. An interesting year. Corey says Nick is a lame duck. Um, I, I hey, I think he's got to go to the NFC title game. Save his gig, actually. I think that guy's. I, I hear people still to this day saying he's the best coach in the NFC East when he was almost fired and won 11 games. How's that possible? Let's bring our friend Tone in. Don't forget Gary Cobb at 430. Big Sills, how you doing today, sir? Outstanding. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. I wrote these, I wrote these um four items down, Tone. Eagles to have a successful 2024. And I want to go over them with you. Maybe you add some two here to this. Okay. If you're going to add or subtract anything to the offense, I think they got to do it immediately. Okay? They have to do it immediately. Let me uh, let me give you another one here. Is the O-line aging? Do you really think it's as good as it you think it is when their rushing ability at the end of the season was terrible? Now, was that by design? That goes back into one a little bit. Is everything okay at right tackle? Center will know soon. Are you sure at right guard and the depth? Number three, what's the plan for the back seven of your defense? And four, are you putting the RPO back in or not? Mm. I wrote these four things down for them to be – this is before you eat because you'll never know. Well, you know, and I've I've told you this. All right, Darren, what do you think of the draft? Well, they address needs. That's how I'll always address a draft on a Monday after a weekend because these guys don't even have helmets. You just don't know. Right. Of those things that I said, what do you think is the most pressing? And for them to have a successful offseason, this is important here, man, for them. I think this offseason. You know, it's interesting, you know, when it comes to when it comes to the RPO thing, right? That's something that we never going to be able to know until the season starts. So, you know, I can't it, it, it's it's so hard for me to even gauge that. I mean, I would like I would like for it to come back into the offense, but you know, we're not going to know that until, you know, the season starts. So that's that. Um I think one thing I will add is their approach to the linebacker position because it's been it's been abysmal. It's been it's been unacceptable how they viewed that position and the the resources they've allocated towards the position. 
if you take away Hassan Reddick and Nolan Smith from the linebacker room, they only have about $4.3 million tied up between five guys. That's an estimated salary of 860K between five, you know, you know, each guy getting that amount of money. $4.3 million between five guys at linebacker. You're 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 not gonna win that way. You know, um, or to Jeff Kerr's point, Tone, you're not gonna sustain winning. Yes. On on a yearly basis, right? That kind right. of approach, exactly. And look, the NFL has done an amazing job making it hard for teams to sustain success. You know, it's parity, right? It's yep. um, they, they 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 do an amazing job with the salary cap. Um, the you draft, know, the you know, shittiest teams dra- get the one pick. Exactly. Not many teams are set up like that. The worst team get the best pick. That's not right. set up like that. When I mean, you look at the NBA, it's it, it's it's, uh, it's a lottery. The chance with the ping pong balls. You could be a great team and end up in the lottery. Right, right. It's a lot. Yeah. So, so again, like it's that's what makes the NFL the best league on the planet because they actually want their worst teams to become some of the best teams. That's right. They challenge you. You have to. You have to know. You have to know what you're doing with the cap. You have to know what you're doing with talent evaluation. They put a lot of onus on these front office guys to do their jobs properly, and I and I respect that about this league. But you know, as far as the Philadelphia Eagles go, you know, when I look at them, right, I say to myself and say, how do you have a top 10 defensive payroll with bottom 10 results. They should be ashamed of themselves. It's disgusting. It's it's a misappropriation of funds. And I'm going to say this to you again. It's Roseman doing this. Well, look at all the money, all the production, all the productive players are on offense. Who's the most productive defensive football player? It's Reddick. Reddick. And Um, then who? And then after that, you could probably debate from 2023. You could say, okay, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, but those guys disappeared on the back end. Okay. Well, wait. So, so, so Fletcher's so you, 10 million. So you got 25 million. Right. Of your right. 243. Who else? There's no one. There's no one else productive on that defensive side. You know, Fletcher, Jalen Carter, after that. It's, so you got no, two playmakers? That's exactly where they are. With right a now. top 10 payroll. With the top ten payroll, when you when you when you when you listen to it from that perspective, and that's why I, that's why I've been going hard. I don't I, I don't know if you know this, but my tune has been my tune has changed. Let me not say changed. My tune has gotten a little sharper with the Philadelphia Eagles um, over you know over the course of the season, and it's because I refuse to be I refuse to be blindsided anymore. I refuse to look at this team as if they just do everything right. And I just have this unequivocal trust in them. I support this team and I rock with this team, but I'm also not going to be blinded to this team's malpractice. And when you spend that much money on the defensive side, and it's you're, you're giving you're getting bottom ten results, bottom five results, if we're being quite honest, how can you justify that? How can you sit to the? How can you sit to the public? How can you sit to these journalists? How can you sit here in front of the in front of the Philadelphia people and say, "Oh yeah, you know, I believe in the Kobe Dean." Because they oh, yeah. lied to them. Oh, yeah. I, I, I believe in Zach Cunningham. I, I, I believe in those guys. Are you serious? You know what's so funny? I asked I asked uh, Rob Ellis. This was in our first segment. I asked him. Because, you know, because we were comparing the franchises in the city. And I said, out of the top four franchises in the city, you know, Eagles, Flyers, Phillies, um, Sixers, out of those four franchises, which one do you trust the most? Which one is, is the most transparent and honest? Keith Jones. And... and at the top of the list, we had the Flyers as, Keith being, Jones. The, as being the most honest. The most I trust Keith Jones more than I trust Howie Roseman. Right. 
Keith Jones and those Flyers, Danny, um, uh, Dan, uh, Danny, Danny Breer, those guys, that Flyers organization has been very transparent and very honest about where they are and about what their goals are and about what they're going to do. When it comes to the Phillies, the I, owner, I have no respect for the 76ers either with that process bullshit. Exactly. The owner from the Phillies came out, I think it was today or yesterday, saying, hey, listen, we no, got to get our damn trophy back. Forget that. But look who the GM is. You know, so and, and also the guy, what's um what's the Dave GM? Dave Dobrowski uh, is Dabrowski. Look at the GM. He's a, he's a proven winner. Proven and, winner. And a report just came out by you know, by way of our guy Scott Lauber. He, you know, he works for the Philadelphia Inquirer. A story came out saying the Phillies offered Yamamoto the most money on the market. Great. And guess and guess what? He decided to go to LA. But you know what I said to that? I respect the Phillies for taking swings and making it clear what their goal is. We're trying to win a championship and we know we're on the clock. We're not wasting any time. They know they're on the clock. They t- they said the uh, the owner. I'm so, I'm sorry. The GM was just on was just on WIP. I think a couple weeks ago, saying, "Listen, you know, we may not be as you know, we may not be as uh, active, but that doesn't mean we're quiet. We're trying to make things happen. You know what I mean? They know they're on the clock. They know it, and I respect the honesty. Then you get to the Sixers, and the Dave's Eagles. the best GM in your city. You know, I would I would have to agree with you on that. You know, when look I look at his at resume. This, Detroit, yes. Miami, I mean mm-hmm. Austin. Yeah, you he's, look, he's he's the best general manager in Philadelphia. You look it's at Roseman, the Sixers, how they've mismanaged resources, how they've been lying to us for years, how they tried to convince us they're trying to win big with these regular second round exits, how they've been shuffling in star after star, player after player. I don't trust the Sixers at all. And then we get how to the Eagles. You? Then we get to the Eagles. Right, we sit here in front of we sit here and watch a press conference where we're blatantly being sold fool's gold. Zach Cunningham, you're being Zach sold Cunningham and the Kobe Dean. You're selling me that after what we just witnessed in 2023. You're selling me that. You're selling so, me raw. You're selling me stale cabbage. Exactly. You're selling me snake oil. Yeah. And you're te- and you're and you're telling me it's ibuprofen. Like, come on, yeah. man. So when I look at it from that perspective, the Philadelphia Eagles. They got a lot of work to do just, just for me. I can't look at them and say, oh, yeah, I trust Ty Roseman to get this thing right. I trust this per- How can I say that when he's shown it? See, here's my problem. He's shown an ability to achieve success, but yep. he hasn't shown an ability to sustain success. Correct. He's and hit that's or my miss. problem. That's my he's problem. He's hit or miss. Think about it. He's when hit or a, miss. Right. The last time the Philadelphia Eagles, in my humble opinion, the last time the Philadelphia Eagles had sustained success was the early Andy Reid era. Yep. Back to back to back to back NFC Championship appearances. That was yep. legit sustained Joe success. Joe Banner and them dudes. But then over the past 10 years, this has been the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. This is them. And you we never be, want a stock like that. And we need to be honest about what that is. And about what we and, by, and about what this team has shown us. Yeah, we like the players. Yeah, we like the colors. Yeah, we like the culture and the vibe. Yeah, of course we're gonna always rock for my team. I'm never when they, on game day. I'm rocking for my team. Best believe that. But at the end of the day, this is the sports industry, and our job is to analyze this team critically, and also be honest about what we're seeing and about what we're hearing. And for me personally, this organization has not been forthcoming about what the plan is. They've been selling us wolf tickets when it comes to Nick Sirianni and what he does. It's 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 frustrating to honestly watch. But again, we have to see this offseason play out because again, Javi Roseman has an ability to shock you and make some moves. But can he sustain 
That's the question. I'm when looking at money though. Say that again. When he has money. When he has money. But again, some of the best guys make it happen without the money. They move around. They get creative. I, again, I know Patrick Mahomes is an anomaly. He's an anomaly. But still, there's there, there's there, there's a, a sustainability there with how they do business. And I feel like they're more transparent. So um, some people may say I'm, real, I'm being real hard on this team. Some people may say you're not a real fan. Okay, no, no, whatever. No, 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 no. But the fact but of the matter is, I'm holding them. Is, I'm, I'm, I'm holding them accountable. What a lot of what a lot of fans don't like, and certain media people and other people, what they don't like. Remember, like I said, it's it's honesty. It's your opinion, and you. This is what you see, and this I is watched, what you I, feel. Actually, you have more of a feel for your team than me. I, I watch care less. I watched every game more than once. You know, I paid attention to everything they were saying all season, all the press conferences with the players, all that kind of stuff. We all were locked in. And with with all the information that I've gathered from week one, from the from last offseason up until now, they dropped the ball in the offseason. They got cocky and they got cute and they got cheeky with the linebacker position. And they took they they sold to us that Nicole Dean was going to be some savior, some answer. They sold to us that that Jordan Davis finally figured it out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh they sold to us that uh you know we're we're committed to winning big and Nick Sirianni is the guy and he has the answers. We have it already on record that Nick Sirianni did not do anything in the offseason. It's on record he did not change his offense, he did not improve it, he did nothing. It's on record. You got players coming out. You got a Brent Covey coming out saying yeah we did the same thing last year nothing you know and you know they caught up with us. It's it, it's documented, so what? So when you look at it from that perspective, I'm supposed to just hey the Eagles they always figure it out go birds, nah, I'm not jacking that. I'm holding them more accountable, and I'm looking for sustained success. I'm not looking for just a one night stand. Chris, when I say that I could care less, I literally lose interest. Chris, you get a better take from someone who doesn't have a passionate vested interest in something because what you get is complete honesty for me. You know what my problem is? It's hurricane football. Hurricane football ruins me because I go over the board and over the top with that thing, because I have a massive, you have a vested interest, vested interest in that. And it gets the best of me. Okay. The rest of it. I love your the fans of the, you know, Tone, I've said this since day one. I have never told anybody that I'm a Philadelphia Eagle fan because that would not be genuine. But what I am is, is a fan of the passionate people like you and everyone that supports that Civic Pride team. Because that is the only thing that I can handle and be truthful to you on. If all of a sudden I come into a market and go, I'm an Eagle fan. That's That's a freaking lie. Right. You know I'm a bullshit artist from day one. You know that. Exactly. Okay? So what I try to be is as transparent as you say that I could possibly be. And Chris doesn't like that shit either. That's too bad, kid. You know, you sit there and you wave these pom-poms for this team, and you want to know why you can't. Here's the problem. Here's my problem. Real quick, Sills. I'm sorry. Here's my problem. We got people who want to go above and beyond and wave the pop palm for this team. But what is this team doing for you right now? 
raising they, ticket prices. What are they doing for you right that. now? Ask yourself that. Be let's let's be real. Let's be honest. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I'm I'm so, I, you know, this is this is a beautiful time in my life because I'm living more and more in my truth, and I'm 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 so much more locked in with who I am. Careful, and I'm and I'm, and I'm secure. Careful, I'm secure. Oh, no, Careful. I hear you. I got you. Listen, I'm not going to disrespect nobody. I ain't going to call nobody by no names, but I'm but I'm gonna be honest. And the fact of the matter is, Eagles fans, I'm telling you this because I've been to those games with y'all. I spent the money on the jerseys with y'all. I buy the merch. I buy the gear. I'm with y'all. So when I say what I say about this team, this ain't coming. This ain't coming from a place of I want to see the Eagles lose. No. When, when we won that Super Bowl, I, I was, love. when we won that Super Bowl, I cried and broke down to my knees. And I didn't think I'd ever see it happen. You feel what I'm saying? So yeah, I, st- I, I, I say all that to say we go so hard for this team, but then we look at the moves that have been made. And then you got to ask yourself, hold on, wait, what are they doing for me? What are they doing for the fan base? What are they doing for the people that really show up at these tailgates? I'm there with y'all. Keg stands, drinking the beer with the grill on the bus. I'm with y'all. All the people, all them people that surround the stadium selling their pretzels, selling their water ice, selling their waters, selling their knockoff Eagles gear. Yeah, I know I see y'all and I bought a couple of them. But the bottom line is, I rock for this team. And when I see shit, when I see shit going on that's, that's BS, we got to call it out, man. Four million dollars between five linebackers. Are we are we serious? Are we serious? Five, four you know, million dollars. You said something that really, I hadn't thought about it, but you were like, isn't it funny? They don't want Hurts to throw to the middle of the field. And the middle of the field on their defense sucks. It's like, I don't know, man. It's like they're afraid of shit. To me, I, I think they're hiding Hurts. Let me say something to you about what we were talking about with that RPO, why it's important he's in it. And I'm going to go back to what I talked about with these quarterbacks. And, Tone, I know you disagree with me on this one. I don't think Jalen Hurts can lead you to a Super Bowl as a pocket passer. I think Jalen Hurts can lead you to a Super Bowl in multiple ones when he is a absolute weapon, like 22. Because when he just throws from the pocket, he's a dude. Here. I hear you. And, I, real, and real, you're going to go, quick, and people, will, people will go like this to me. You're not adding the rushing. No, they don't want him to be a rusher anymore. The numbers dictated that a year ago. They it's don't want him it. running the ball. So they want him to be a pocket passer. And you get this. It's, Smiley goes, Dan's obsessed with the RPO. The reason I'm obsessed and so should you be is because that's why you paid Hertz $55 million, $50 million a year. You didn't pay him because... He's a pocket passer. You paid him because he is a dual threat weapon. He's like Steve Young. So let me show this to you. Here are the mm-hmm. NFC quarterbacks. Not the, I'm not even going to put one AFC guy on this list. Here's what the Eagles want you to believe. They want a better version because Kellen Moore, in my opinion, is not the right OC, but we shall see. And you're right, Tone. On February 20th, Sills. That's an opinion, right? Yes. But I don't believe he's the right coordinator because the skill set, he's never coached it. Mm. He has never coached that skill set. Kingsbury has. So let me get this here. This is what they want. Here's golf. 
Um, 45, 75, 67 percent, 30 touchdowns. Purdy, 444, 4280, 30 touchdowns, 69 percent percentage completion. Dak, 45, 16, 36 and 9, 69-5 in completion percentage. Jordan Love, 41, 59, 32 touchdowns. Baker Mayfield, 4,044, 28 touchdowns. Matthew Stafford, 39, 65, 24 touchdowns. Sam freaking Howe, 39, 46. I don't believe he had a better year with the 21 INTs. I don't, but he threw for more yards. Derek freaking Carr, I thought, sucked last year. And Derek Carr had a better year from the pocket than Hurts did because this is what you want. You want Hurts to be a pocket guy. 38, 58. Get this. 38-78 car, 25 touchdowns, 8 picks, 68-4 completion percentage. I was like this. Is that right? I couldn't believe Derek Carr played that good. Yeah, I couldn't believe that either because, you know, with the eye tests, you know, you, you no saw shit. Derek. He threw more, more meaningful um, turnovers than anybody I saw last year. Yeah, yeah. He definitely lost them like four games last year. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> but, I was like this. I, I looked at numbers. I went, no, can't be. And then I got Jalen at nine, and then Geno's behind him. But, Tone, the reason I put those guys above Hurts, mm-hmm. because that's who you want him – not not you. That's who the organization wants him to be. You know, it, it's funny. Uh, in 2022, you know, I think they asked Jalen Hurts about his game and how multidimensional he was. And he coined himself to be a triple threat, passing, running, and decision-making. That's the Jalen Hurts I want. I want that's the that. Jalen Hurts you paid for. That's the Jalen Hurts the Philadelphia Eagles paid for. And in 2023, and it's funny, you know, we had Dave Zangaro on last year. He's, I mean, I mean, I'm sorry, we had him on yesterday. We had him on yesterday, and he and he spoke about last year. And I asked him, you know, you know, what do you think their goal is as far as his development? You know, are they trying to get back to the? Are they trying to? you know, accentuate the RPO. What do you what do you think they're trying to do? And one thing he said that stuck out to me was the fact that he said, well, in 2023, they had no RPO game. It was non-existent. And, you know, he thinks that's why that offense struggled. So, again, that that leans to your point. You know, Jalen Hurts, yeah, he's going, he, he's going to naturally become a better passer. But as far as I'm concerned, I want Jalen Hurts to maximize what he is. Yeah. That's what I want. I want Jay- yes, I want him to evolve. Yes, I want him to be better. Yes, that's all going to be a natural byproduct of it. But I want Jalen Hurts to be the best version of what he provides. That's what I want. Let me I ask think, you this. I think, I think he's most dangerous when his legs are involved. He's most let me, dangerous. Let me, I want to do an exercise here with you. Yes. 2023 versus 2022. Let's do 23. And I said, who would you build your football offensive team around? Of the quarterbacks in the league. By the way, I couldn't come up with more than 17, okay, of the 32 teams. And it's funny, you said I have Hurts on here. You said quarterbacks that you would build up, that you would build, build my around. offense around. Okay. Okay. Mahomes. I got one. I got Allen, too. Now, this is for the 23 Hurts. Lamar Jackson, three. Burrow four, Herbert five. Herbert's a better passer from the pocket. Mm-hmm. CJ Stroud, 
He's young. Notice you'll see I don't have Aaron Rodgers up on here. I'm not building my football team around a 47-year-old guy. Right. I got Jordan Love here, too, at seven. And I put Hertz at eight. And that's the 2023 Hertz. And that's the 2023 Hertz because you know why? If he puts another 15 INT season, that's going to impact that. But right. I'm going to give him, because of such a sensational 22 year, it's right. going to affect my thinking for 23, what he did. Let me ask you something real quick before you get to your 2022 list um, or the 2022 version where he plays. Let me ask you a quick question. Everything we know about this season and how it transpired, if Jalen Hurts is plays the if Jalen Hurts plays the exact same way, but he cuts the turnovers in half, is that does he move up your list? He's in the Super Bowl. Because remember, you know this year was less RPOs called, right? So again, that's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about the 23. If Jalen Hurts cuts his ints down and plays the exact down, same way, and he turns them down, mm-hmm. and they turn them down. I think they're going to pass more, run less, because mm. your old line's getting older. Right. I think they're going to pass more. I don't believe that turnover ratio is going to go down significantly. I think the attempts are going to hit 650, somewhere in there. And there's going to be more turnovers. Mm. And they're going to still look for explosion plays. That's a, that's a prediction, Tom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, of course. Okay? It may be way off. Now watch this, 2022 hurts. Still take Mahomes. I'm still gonna rock with Allen. I'm gonna take Jalen Hurts at three. Fascinating. He jumps from eight to three. Yep. That's that's fascinating. Because you know why? He's frightening in that RPO. He makes more significant plays. And what else does he do, Tone? He freezes your, your defense. Defense fresh. He, he, yes, he, and that's the one thing the offense couldn't do last year to keep the, the offense couldn't sustain drives last year. And I think that directly, it, I think that directly attributed to the failure on the defensive side. Completely, you put, you put you too much. They were what were they? Sixty-two yards per game when it came to run defense. You, you and put, after they started struggling, it became predictable on the numbers. Mm-hmm. They they were giving up one hundred forty-five yards a game yeah. on the ground. Absolutely. So my point is, the 22 hurts is scary. The 23 hurts? Not as scary. Or fight Tyrod Taylor. Now, is he better? Of course he's better. Right. That's why I said he's a glorified Tyrod Taylor, man. I mean, dude, they're trying to turn this kid into Jacoby Brissett. Or Tyrod Taylor instead of turning him into Lamar. Look at you know what? You know what's funny, Tom? I think I think they're trying to turn him into some version of Donovan McNabb. Wow. Wow. I, I you know remember yeah, Donovan that was by McNabb's design. Right, right, right. But again, the McNabb became a pocket passer on the back end. Well, not even the back end. After like after like the first four or five seasons, he decided he was gonna be a pocket guy. I want you to see something here. And I think Jalen looks at it. I, that's why when I look at when I when I listen to Jalen talk and I hear how he talks about his skill set, he understands how unique his skill set is. And he wants to lean into that. And I think that's where the frustration came in in 2023. Do me a favor. Pull up 
Lamar Jackson's 2023 statistics. Okay. Pull up his 23 and take a look at those numbers and tell me if they remind you of somebody. Mm. All right, let's see here. All right. I got him up. Let's do this. Okay. Here's the most valuable player this year. And here's the 2023 most valuable player season. Passing yards. 3678. What it hurts having um 2022? Like 30 3700? Yeah, 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 like 3700. Something like that. Yeah, like 36, 30 something like that. Yeah. Let's look at the touchdowns. 24. What it hurts have? Like 23, right? Yeah. Uh, I see what you're doing. This this is the Jalen Hurts season. Yeah. This is this is the Jalen Hurts season from last year. Yeah. The, the 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 attempts are actually spot on. The attempts are the same. Yeah. Um, the completion percentage is pretty much the same. Lamar yeah. completed 67%. Hurts completed 66 last year. Yep. They're pretty much exactly that's Jalen Hurts' 2022 season. That's interesting. That's a good, that's a that's a good, that's a good uh bring up Jalen's numbers. And take a look at Jalen's numbers compared 36, 78, 24, and 7. How many INTs did Jalen have last year? Six. He had seven. Mm. Difference was Jalen had more rushing touchdowns with 11. Um, I think Lamar had seven. Gene. They're pretty identical. You're absolutely right. 58. No, you're right. It's pretty identical. 37, 01. 22 and 6, 66 5. Hold on, wait, wait. Time's out. I think their passing attempts are exactly the same. Hold up. Gee, Tone. There's a guy who finished second in the MVP, and I just showed you the same statistics in 23. In 2023, Lamar Jackson threw the ball 457 times and completed 307 passes. Jalen Hurts in 2022. Threw the ball 460 times, completed 306 of his passes. They had they had identical seasons. One guy won the MVP. The other guy was the runner-up MVP. And how many games did they uh, did he win? In uh, and Lamar won 14 games this year. Lamar how won many 14. Games did he won last year. He was 14. Oh, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Lamar won 13. He won he won 13 and three. He didn't play the last game. Oh, that's but, right. But they held him out. Right. So I guess so. He, he was went, like 13 and two. Thir- 13 and three. And Hurts went 14 and one. And Hurts went 14 and one. They had the Why exact the same season. Would you get away from that? Why are you doing that? You raise a very, Why are very you good increasing point. the attempts to suffice? You're trying to win a Super Bowl from the perimeter, and you're not. Mm. You you raise a very good point. And that even that adds even more to your case that they're trying to change Jalen Hurts. And they should lean more into what he is instead of trying to turn him into something he's not. And I think this is a point where Jalen Hurts has to be a leader and say, listen, this is what I need to win. This is my, this is, this, this is what I, this is how I'm going to be successful. Here's, here's the formula. It's there. They have it. They have it. They have the formula, but because they think they're so smart, how he thinks he's so smart. The shitty coordinator hires. The inability to build the D. Again, 
And again, Tone, winning a Super Bowl is not about just the quarterback. Would you not agree that the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, and the defense were the reasons they won that Super Bowl? It wasn't just – that Kansas City defense, I, if, if I thought I had, in the second half they stuffed San Francisco. Yeah, if I had to rank the reasons, the top – if I had to rank the top three reasons – the Chiefs won that Super Bowl. I know a lot of people want to put Mahomes one, not me. I say that that Chiefs defense won. Mahomes mm-hmm. a very very close second, and then after that, I'll say opportunistic uh, special teams and defense because you know the muff punt, you know forcing the fumble by Christian McCaffrey, but that's the defense still. So again, I mean. I would put the defense ahead of what Patrick Mahomes provided. That's just me, though, and I'm not trying to take anything from Mahomes because he was he was electric in the second half. He was he was surgical, but me personally, I felt like the defense kept that kept them in that game. The defense allowed Mahomes to get through that first half, only being down seven points, and turned it up in the second half. Key stops in the red zone, holding them to three points. You don't beat the Chiefs with field goals. You beat them with touchdowns. And I think that's where and, – and, 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 again, I think the Eagles need to find a way. And this is a tough – this is tough slut in here, but I look at that defense and I say to myself, they're nowhere near that. Near, no, they're two years away. They're two years away from being a top 10 defense, in my opinion. I think they're one year away from being 15 at minimum. Giving them a lot of love. You think 15 is too high? I think 15 with two expensive it could be, because because that's that's middle of the pack. Look literally. Okay, man, I just you don't think they'll they can start strong. Like you like you don't think they can go from because again their defense was one of the worst. You it don't think they can go from the being, offense looks. And that's another thing. The well. offense has to carry the defense, like we said this year, and it did. And they for to a point, to a point, and they right. can't and they can't. I, I I spoke about this. You and I spoke about this last offseason. The, the the Eagles, their defense has to be opportunistic, and their offense has to sustain drives. If they want this defense to come along slowly and properly, the offense has to do their job. They have they have to be the the you know the, they have to be the front you know uh, on the front line when it comes to this team. The defense, they they cannot they they could they they had nothing in the second half of the season they had nothing and i think it was also because that offense couldn't sustain drives and you put them chiefs game how many how many plays were there on the field like 65 plays 70 plays it was like that 67 plays the bills game nine 100 plays 95 plays um beyond that you know it's that defense was put in a position they should have never been in that's right. But I'm not saying that to dismiss the fact that they have personnel issues because they did. Yep. I think more than one thing went wrong. But at the same time, going into this season, once again, this offense has to do their job and be effective and efficient and sustain drives. And you sustain drives by having a running game. Passing the ball and, up and, and down and, the field. Go ahead. Financially, they have to carry it. Yeah, that part too. Yeah, death row. I see it. I know he's he's an he's he's an amazing player. He's a 
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Amazing player, Mahomes. He really is. And by the way, I said this too. You know, know, what's crazy is about how they're approaching Jalen and wanting him to have explosive plays. Tom Brady did this for six Super Bowls. Check down, check down, check down, check down, check down, check down. Vinatieri kick, field goal, six Super Bowls. Um, And yet you want to make Hurts the quarterback who has to throw the toughest passes and not develop your offense. They, I made, just, his, they made his job so ten times, difficult. Ten times harder than it had to be last year. Absolutely. Ten and times and get this. We just showed you. Why didn't you let him play like um, And he Lamar? still won 11 games. Still won 11 games. Still, still found a way to win 11 games through all that BS that was going on. But here's, here, here's what I'm going to tell you, Tone. I don't. I think one of the reasons also, can I tell you why I think they hired new coordinators too? You won 11 games, and it wasn't the coordinator's fault. It was the approach's fault. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could say he was – Mate, look, they don't was Brian Johnson qualified for the job at the beginning? No. What was the sign? No. That's a front office issue. That's a front off. That's, that's like hiring a guy to run Pepsi out of college with no experience, not having gone through – the trials and tribulations that you have as a CEO. Just going like this, going by the book or the analytics, as we like to say. They don't trust Nick Sirianni. It's, it's, it's very plain to me. Every move they made with that coaching staff tells me they don't trust that man. They can spin it however they want. Your actions tell me you don't trust him. It was his offense. Oh, now it's the Eagles offense. See no, how things change? So Brian Johnson gets fired, but not you. Listen. Exactly. Every everybody around you got fired except for you. Except for you. How about hey, this one here? Real I quick, mean, we we've seen coaches get fired and their staff stay. We've never seen it the other way around, have we? Never. I don't. I've never seen that. You fire everybody but the head coach. Hold on, wait. Did he hire him or not? And that's the no. question we have to ask ourselves. He never did. If he didn't hire him, oh, that's the only reason you justify keeping him in the building because you because that's you probably set him up for failure. So which is it? Did you set him up for failure? How he should or, have been fired. Or is he responsible for this, this blunder? It's one or the other. It's a 50-50% chance we write. That's that, and that's the crazy thing about all the situation, all this stuff that we're talking about here. No matter how many, no matter how many ways people want to slice it, either they set him up for failure or he's not as good as they think he is. How do you think they're Which trending right now? The Eagles? Yeah. With so many unknowns. With so many defensive personnel issues, with with bad contracts on the defense side of the ball, if I'm being frank with you, with that schedule, I think they're trending towards eight or nine wins. Eight or nine wins with that defense. That's why he loves his team. <laughs> That's why he loves his team. Hey, listen, man. I can't jump off the deep end, but so far. That thing looks like a five <laughs> to seven win team to me right now. 
unless something dramatically changes on defense. I'll say it one more time, Tone. I think you got a Super Bowl offense. Because here's the thing. Bottom five defense. Because here's the thing, right? Let's just say, see, and this is the part about football that I love, but I also hate, right? Let's just say offense has a bad day. It's ha- it's the fo- it's the NFL. It happens. It happens. I'm pretty sure when you were playing with Miami, defense probably didn't have it that day. Offense came in. Did they Absolutely. Thing. It, it's it's the nature of the game. Absolutely. It's part of the sport. It's two sides of it's three sides of the ball for a reason. Offense, defense, special teams. Sometimes special teams win the game for you. Every Absolutely. Now and again. So my my point is when you think about the Philadelphia Eagles going into the 2024 season, you have to ask yourself. Knowing what we know about this defense, knowing what we know about the special teams and the offense, how much room for error do they have? None. The offense can't have a bad day. Right. Do you know how much of a shitty position that is to be in? Oh, completely. The offense, and, 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 and realistically speaking, again, realistically speaking, do y'all really think the offense is going to be on every week? They weren't on at all last year. I mean, they were on Miami. Rams, Buffalo on the back end, Buffalo on in fourth and fifth. Like, um, but again, realistically speaking, Bucks, again, because early of the Bucks. nature, yes, yes, early Bucks, um, that Rams game, because of the nature of the sport, and there's so many moving parts, it's unreasonable to expect the offense to be on every single week. Setbacks are going to happen. An injury is going to happen. A turnover is going to happen. Maybe the opponent just has your number that day. Can your defense win you a game? Hell no. And that's why I have the Philadelphia Eagles as like an eight or nine win team going into the 2024 season today. Because the defense can't even save them on a bad day. Here. And you don't have a lot of depth. And you ain't got no depth. And we don't know what kind of coaches we're working with. You don't have any depth on you don't have any depth on defense. They don't have depth anywhere. And you don't anywhere. have no depth on your offensive line or your running game. Still, they don't have depth anywhere. I know. Receivers. It's almost like they're being cheap and paying certain people and robbing from other positions. Robbing the safety position, robbing the linebacker position, robbing the running back. Is it you know what? It's not just the middle of the defense. Think about it, Tone. It's the running back position. It's the linebacker position, and it's the safety. It's like the heart of your entire unit. Yeah. Let me ask you this question real quick, right? How many games back th- um, when you were playing, were there 13 games in a, in a college season, 12 games? Uh, 13. 13? Out of those 13 games, how many games can you say, uh, we, didn't, we, didn't have it that, we didn't have it that week? On your defense. We were the number five. one defense in the country. So remember that. That's true um, too. So two years so, in a row. So again, number so one I, team. But I just, I, I just want to clarify though, like you guys, you guys were on every week. No, no, no nobody, nobody, nobody pushed no, you guys. I'll, I'll tell you a, a quick story here. We go play Pitt, and I think the only reason that Pitt didn't kill us, we're the number one team in the country, and the only reason Pitt didn't kill us is because their quarterback was horrific and got hurt, John Kajemi. Mm. They put this stiff in there. And Ironhead and Tone, I hate to bring this game up because it's the most embarrassing time at UM. He goes for 250 (laughs) yards 
uh, the pain in your voice. It's the most embarrassing time at UM. We beat them 36 to 9. And that's when I bring up with Dave when he comes on. He came into the room. He flipped the tables. You son of a bitches. You made that son of a bitch. Iron Ed, who I loved. Okay. Be, we're great friends with him. He's from New Jersey. I loved it. I think he's from. I think he's from either Passaic or Pensauk, and I forget where he's from. And he, I loved Iron. Let me say this. He was so good, they gave a scholarship to his brother. Wow. And that's how, hey, that's how good this kid was. And, dude, he comes, you son of – and I looked at Jerome. I go, we did win, right? And he's like, mm. that plane flight home, man, was miserable. It was the only game that in my – that one and the Sugar Bowl, we we didn't. A guy got hurt and it threw us for a loop. Exactly. So that's my point. My my overall point is perfect example: Chiefs, Ravens, AFC Championship. You think the offense won that game for the Chiefs? No. no. The defense. So my point is, there's going to be weeks where your offense just doesn't have it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Can the Eagles' defense step up today? I don't think they can step up to a damn stoop. <laughs> that's all that's, right that's the cold reality though the cold not warm the cold one and i know it makes people shiver a little bit of course it but does. The, but the, but that's the reality and this defense makes me nervous this thing makes me as nervous as the meatball sandwich i ate this morning here man gave me agita man i mean never I, you know it's the worst thing i ever did in my life and i know better to order a meatball sandwich from someplace. I know better not to do that. Anyway, make it at home. It's better. Make it at Dude, home. Dude, I got it, man. This make is it at not home. good. I hate it because I better. I got massive agita with this. Anyway, it's Harper and for all you white people out there. Okay. <laughs> um Hassan Reddick. Yes. You're right, Tone. There is a market for teams from what the grapevine, Craig Carton, <laughs> kidding. The grapevine is saying is there's four teams that I've heard of. Texans, Commanders, Raiders, Colts. You can't let them get to the Commanders. That's a no-go. So um, you got to get them to the AFC, and you got to make sure it's a team that's not that's not on your schedule. <laughs> yeah, you don't want it. You, you don't want him to go to the Commanders. Hell no. Hell no. You imagine him taking Reddick out, or you imagine Reddick taking Hurts out. At I, Lincoln Financial. I'll kill him. Holy. Wouldn't you be looking at your um, your guy up in the with the binoculars, Mr. Binocular? Oh, my God. Damn, Poindexter. Come on, man. Yeah, hey. Got the binoculars out. There's Howie. Damn, Reddick just crushed Jalen Hurts. Shit. Just broke his arm. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> We're not even putting that in the zeitgeist. We ain't putting that into the energy, into the into the atmosphere. We ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. But so I can definitely. Like but I, I could. I, I, you know what's so crazy? I can definitely see him going to the Colts. I can see that. I can you definitely know, see that. I, there's a part of me that says I could see him going back to Arizona. Really? With hmm. with Gannon. Hmm. It's not impossible. I think they'd have to get rid of Buda Baker for that to make sense with the cap. Financially, right? 
Financially. Yeah, and here's the thing, right? Whoever trades for him, it's it's because it's going to be a sign and trade. Yeah. Or or trade and sign, however you want to lay it out. But um look, I think ultimately I I, I had this feeling that they're going to work something out here. I do have this feeling. Um, we'll see though. I have again, it's an opinion. You want um, him back? Yeah, yeah. I, I would like him back. I would like him back. You want Graham back? Graham got to sit this one out, man. I'm gonna be. I love BG to death, but this ain't about love, man. This is about roster spots and and and, and money. But and getting rough. I like it. It's true. <laughs> it's, it's 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 the it's the truth, man. Now, do I want him back? No. Do I think the Eagles are going to bring him back? Yeah, I think they will. That's a hard. Hey, again, that's a PR. That's a PR move. See what we do for you? That's how you raise your ticket prices on your fans right there by bullshitting mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Brandon Graham's celebrity be, victory be, tour. Brandon Graham's last game. Make sure yeah. you make sure you're in attendance. Yeah. All that. They're going to sell the Brandon Graham merch. All yep. that. All that. Right. You're going to have a little bobblehead. All that bullshit. See? I blame you for <laughs> I blame you for how do I say this? Um, <laughs> opening my eyes a little wider. <laughs> I blame you for making me think about the money too much. Oh, man. I've never thought about the money as much as I do this season than ever before. Well, you I see blame, the money's ruined the defense. I blame you. But but the bottom line is, this is the NFL. And it's always about the green Always guys. about the money. Always about the money. It's never not about the money. See, the NFL wants you to have passion for your team. That's the gag. They don't want you to think about the money. That's the gag right there. Yeah. Case in point. Do you understand that you're more educated WWE fans? That's interesting. I never thought about it like that. You are. You're more educated WWE fans. Right. Listen, perfect perfect situation to to bring up. Jimmy Garoppolo. He had one miss. He had a mishap with the old drug test thing, right? He had a mishap. Did he? Okay. Listen, no, listen. But here, here's my point, though. The moment the Raiders knew it uh, avoided a clause in his contract, they cut him. Saved $12 million. The moment well, they knew that, it's always about the money. It's always okay. about the money. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what's not what, – what is so – why you're right? So let me get this right. Without any due process – Without, any without going through the NFL Players Association, without the appeal without going through, having your agent talk to anyone, they report that he that he failed uh, that um, uh, he took a test or he took a drug that had no medical meaning. I don't even know what that means. Right. Okay. They cut him and they save eleven point two. And guess what? Where's the Gar- due process? Garoppolo's appealing it right now. Oh, now. Well, the, it, what well, was well, the it came process out. for them to cut him? Exactly. What was like? How did you, what, like? Oh, because you guys said so. It just where's like you said. Where's the due process? They cut him and saved eleven million dollars. They knew exactly what they were doing. Like you said, they put something in his frosted flakes. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'm <laughs> telling you. Listen, ten four had. Hey, time. that ain't salt Peter in that frosted flakes, man. That's something else in there. Ten four <laughs> had time, you guys. I'm telling you. They sprinkled a little something in that water. Yeah, man. You got to take the aluminum foil hat off a little bit sometimes <laughs> with these freaks. These people don't tell you the truth. They meddle all the time, 
and they're always in the way. The NFL is a very untruthful organization. Perfect example. Another one. Remember when Tua suffered that, uh, was it the first concussion or the second one? I think it was the first one. Remember the first one he Could suffered? Have been the fourth one. Exactly. But remember the one that we saw, right? Is that the one where he was wobbling around the field? And he he, he went back on the field. like he went. Yeah, like, and then they put him back out there. Yeah, that game. Was that the Buffalo game? I think I so. I can't remember. But nonetheless, yeah. though, it was reported as, oh, it was a leg injury. Yeah. What? <laughs> that was not – we saw that man on live television. That was not no damn leg injury. And then, obviously, the, the Bengals game where he kind of tensed up and that was a rough situation. But it, it, it put the league on notice saying it was a big story about how did they lie about his medical situation. And, you know, it came out saying that, you know, they didn't lie or whatever. Get the I'm not buying that. How about this? It's about when the money. Boxer gets a concussion. He's out. Of, he's out six months. When an NFL player is out for a he's out. He's out two weeks. If that's a grade four, remember, you know how the NFL gets around it. They they, they, they make one, you take, they make two, you take yes. three or four. I've never heard of anything outside of the NFL. Anything outside of the NFL. Last time I checked, see if you got a concussion or you don't. You know that doctor that Will Smith played. Yeah, uh, I've funny. had him was, on my show. I was just looking that up uh, the other day. I had him on my show when he goes like this. There's no such thing as grades on concussions. It's either you got one or you don't. You either have one or you don't. It's all about the you money. know who the NFL had that was ahead of under Paul Tagliabue? Let me just, I'll lend this with you here so you'll know how ridiculous it is. Paul Tagliabue had a hairdresser or some sort of doctor who was totally not qualified mm. to put uh, in charge of concussions. Do you know that the Hall of Famers, the voters, put a blue ribbon committee together because the normal voters would never have put Tagliabue in for his mishandling of the players that they vote on every year to what? go into the Hall of Fame. That blue ribbon they had was to put Tagliabue in the Hall of Fame. His mishandling of the concussion and the concussion protocols and how he handled it, saying that football has no bearing on it. All these men, that Andre Waters and Dave Durson and Mike Webster and all these guys that are dying and committing suicide. Junior Sale. You know Junior Sale? took a shotgun to his chest so he didn't shoot his head so that the doctor that's in that movie could do an autopsy on his brain for CTE. Mm. You know how, you know how I found out about junior sale passing. Um, a great friend of mine called me and God, he just escapes my brain. The guy from the bills help me out here outside linebacker. Damn it. Played on those great teams with uh, Cornelius Bennett. Wait, uh, what, what, what year was that? Um, Nine, 94. Let's see here. All right, 1994 Bills roster. Let's go through. All right, outside linebacker. Uh, Marv, Marvis Darryl Paxton. Daryl Talley. There it is. Daryl Talley. Daryl Talley calls me. I'm doing a show in Miami. He calls me, he goes, we lost Junior. And you know what his mom said to me? Lived in Oceanside, California. 
Notice mom told me he would sit in dark rooms because during the daytime, the light was just too much. The light was too excruciating for him to go through a normal life. And that he sat in rooms and had suicidal thoughts. You know, he drove himself and he drove his car off the road once. Do you know? And, and Tim Brown said it most and said it best. If we knew he was struggling like that, 70 guys would have ran to him. We would have all ran to him to help him. It's a lonely ending for some of these men. And Paul Tagbo got put in the Hall of Fame because he thinks that's just a nothing burger. And the NFL, you see, Tone, only 26,000 men in 106 years have played the game. I'm one of them. They're just hoping all the old guys die. That's why they keep it in court. That's why concussions are, are looked on now because they don't want to be in a courtroom. Mm. They're just hoping we all die. They're not, they don't cold. care about the health of the players. It's cold. Thursday night games, overseas games, adding another game. If you're going to add another game, don't you add another buy? Yeah, or or don't you increase the size of the roster? They, they've kind of done that, but why not another buy, Tone? I, I, I hear that. I believe there should be two buys. Me too. There should, there should be a universal buy, and then everybody should get their own buy. You know what I mean? Like a buy that everyone takes at the same time, and then everyone gets their own unique buy. I'll scattered. leave you with one last story. His name is Billy Ray Smith. I worked with him at the Mighty 1090, San Diego, Southern California. Legendary player. Was in that 83 draft with all those great quarterbacks. I think was a top five pick. Played at Arkansas. Do you know he has to wear a device, a GPS device, so his wife can find him? Wow. Because he gets lost and he doesn't know where he is. Wow. He goes out when he leaves his house to go get – the grocery goes to the grocery store. He gets lost because he doesn't know how to get home. She's she's an anchor in San Diego. She's been on the air a long time. She calls me up crying, and I go. We go looking for him. That's it's always they about put the that. Money. They put that dude in the Hall of Fame. It's always about the money. Absolutely. Don't Gary Cobb's going to be around the corner here. We're going to talk to G Cobb. I appreciate yes, you always, man. Thank you, my friend. Always good conversation, man. You got it. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here. National football show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Big Show's National Football Show. Man, there's a ton of work to do when it comes to the Eagles in this offseason. I'm telling you, this is going to be uh, this is going to be an interesting offseason here, to say the least. And let's bring our friend Gary Cobb, and I'm going to start him off with the conversation about Devontae Smith, because I don't think a lot of people are hitting on that and talking about the direction of what the Eagles are going to do because you got Hassan Reddick still. You got to worry about the corners. Gary, Devontae Smith is now eligible to have the fifth-year option picked up on May 2nd. Do they pick up the fifth-year option, which means $15 million hits the 2025 cap now, or do they extend him? In well, I, I think I think it probably would be better if they extended him, you know, because, you know, you can, you can work with however many years you can want to work with, you know, and they play the games. This is where I think the best um, uh, the, the best GMs when it comes to stretching things out, they give guys money in a year when he, he's not even going to get that money. You know, they play the game. So um, I can't say that that I could sit down and, and draw all of that up, but I know that you benefit from, you know, stretching things out. And, and that's the way they stay ahead and um, are able to have more people on the team, you know, uh, and they, they, play, they play a game with the numbers. So, you know, you talk about 15 million, it, chances are he probably – is going to want more, you know, now I could see 15 sounds like a, maybe a, not a bad number for him, but with the way the numbers are going up. Oh, no doubt. You know, I, 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 I don't think he would be willing to take that or his, his agent and everything. So um, I think stretching it out is probably the best way, you know, and, and so picking um, up the option, you would say the fifth year option, because it gives them, because you're right. If he's on the open market, his market value right now is $20 million. Yeah. That, that, that's what I could see. I, I knew it would be higher than 15, you know, because the numbers everybody's throwing out there. So, um, and then, you know, really if, um, I don't think he's touched his height yet, you know, from a standpoint of how good he can be, you know, because you got AJ over there and I don't think they did the best job last year using all of their weapons. So we'll see how it works out this year. Um, 
but um, I think, you know, playing the game with the numbers is is the thing that um, is probably the thing the Eagles are going to do. And, and that will allow them to have more players. You know, you're able to, to do more talent and, you know, they know how to play the game with, with these numbers and, and with the rules. I don't know what all of them are, but, you know, um, they've done it before where, you know, uh, you, you know, they, they got some guys signed. And like I said, he's got numbers later on, which come on, <laughs> they're just up there so they can get, you know, they can get more out of this year's, uh, more talent on the team. Gary, um, what to do with Reddick in your opinion? I mean, here's, here, here's, here's the issue you have. Yeah. You have a guy that's making 15 million. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a market for him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you've got a defense that has so many significant holes. And my friend Tone told me the number, get this, the Philadelphia Eagles total cash that they have spent on linebackers this year is 4 million bucks. I mean, that's for the entire group. I know. What's the point of having 11 sacks on your team when your safety suck, you're underachieving at corner, and you've got a guy who, if he doesn't get home, is actually a liability on your team when it comes to covering tight ends. What do you do with them? Well, you know, the, the big thing is going to be, you know, um, talking to your defensive coordinator. You know, what's important to him now? Um I, I think you you want pass rushers. You gotta have, be able to. I mean, it's a passing league, so you would figure that he wants guys that can get to the passer. But but you're gonna talk to him soberly about you know what is most important to him. What is he, you know what does he see? In, uh, you know you got this kid Sneed with the with the with the Chiefs. I know the way they treat and they value the corner position. That you know. Previously, they would have they would go after that kid. Now, is that important now? Is are, are, do they still look at everything the same way, or do they sit in with their d- new defensive coordinator and sit in there and go, well, you know, no, this is a priority to me. Well, maybe I have more more priority with the linebackers. Maybe I'm going to go out and get spend more money with the linebackers. I don't really know, uh, even though I I do think that. The secondary is very important to him, especially the corner position. I believe that that he's a, he's similar to where, where they were before. So I don't think they're going to change drastically, and that's because he was here previously. They know his uh, value, and I think that they have a lot of things in common. But they're going to sit down and talk about, you know, what is most important to them. And I think that um, I, I don't see them just getting ridiculous with Reddick, though. I don't. I don't think that they're they're willing to go up to, um, let's say you know uh, they're going to go up to twenty five. I don't. I don't. I don't. See no the, way. Yeah, I don't. No way. I I I I'm with you here. I I don't see that. You know, I don't see that either. Especially yeah. with a guy who I think is limited in tackling, and also yeah. covering. I want to throw this at you, Gary. Eagles to have a successful 2024 offseason. You know. First off, let me ask you, what, what do you make of the new coordinators that they've hired in Kellen Moore and with uh, Vic Fangio? Are you a fan of what they're doing? Because it's it's such a dramatic change from a year ago. Yeah. Are these guys the Band-Aids to fix this? Well, I, I think, you know, I mean, they got Fangio. I mean, 
This is his system. Really, the guy last year was playing his system. So I think they're already in, you know, they're already on board with that. Uh, you know, the whole thing is, you know, I really thought last year that, um, you know, of course, Bradbury was, you know, he was horrible. You know, he 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 um he didn't play well. Uh, I thought that, um, you know, some of the issues they have with the tackling, I mean, like you got so many DBs that don't want to tackle. You know, I, I thought that was, you know, I, and I see that, you know, when I compare that to the Chiefs, I mean, they got guys who want to, will tackle. We got, you, you got a, too many guys in the secondary, guys don't want to tackle. I mean, but, um, but they've got young kids. I don't know how they're going to evaluate them. Are they ready to let them sink or swim? I mean, are they willing to sink or swim with them? You know, because they've got some of the young kids uh, that there are certain things they did that I, I liked. I thought they, you know, some of them were coming along. But the whole thing is, how did they rate them? But um, but when you talk about the coordinators, you know, I, I like um, the, you know, the offensive coordinator, uh, Kellen. You know, I, Kellen Moore. I, I like him. You know, I think he's. He's aggressive. Uh, he's a. Uh, he's. Uh, I think he's uh, innovative. I, I think he's going to be good, especially you know you got a young guy with um, with Jalen. I think he's going to be good for Jalen. Uh, you know he, he's aggressive. I, I think that they need to be more aggressive, especially when you got the wide receivers they have. Uh, that they got to be willing to attack people and and really go out there and go go after the juggler. I think that they need to do that. Um, you know, uh, you know, times I know he's been criticized for maybe getting away from the run, but it, it's it's not a running league; it's a passing league, and they got weapons. They should be able to go out and really attack people. And, and Gary, and do you think they bring Swift back? Uh, chances are no, because he's going to get a better offer somewhere else. You know, the Eagles are clear that they don't they don't pay running backs, so I, I don't think Swift is going to be back. In fact. You know, he was in the locker room. I told him, hey, get your money, man. You know, because you're, you're a running back, you know, and, you know, you could get hurt at any time. Come on, you get hit more than anybody else. So if you're a running back, you know, I mean, you got to go, you got to go get your money. I mean, you know, uh, all, <laughs> a lot of the guys are in there talking, you know, and, and all the guys are talking. I mean, but I think that uh, if you're, you're a young player, especially, uh, you know, a a running back who's Chances are your career is not going to be as long as the guy that's playing wide receiver. You got to get your money, man. You, you got to get your money. And I, that's why I, um, you know, the whole thing is who is going to give him more money, but the way the Eagles are in that they don't, they don't want to give, they don't want to spend more, let's say than the 6 million on the whole, all, all their running backs. I don't see any way why he doesn't get a better offer somewhere else. Probably. Where Where are you on this one? I had Merrill Reese on yesterday. Mm -hmm. Merrill doesn't want Jason Kelsey to come back. I say that Jason Kelsey may be the most important player that they could decide on coming back because last year they sucked at blitzes. They have a new coordinator coming in. Yeah, there is rumor that they're going to put Hertz under center more. He's part of the tush-push, which means, yeah. in my opinion, you can make the argument that Jason Kelsey's more important than Lane Johnson. And he's the highest-paid center at 36-37. Yeah. 
And he was all pro, though. Gary, it's not like he was good. He was the best player in the league at his position. What do you do with him? Well, you, you, you'd like him to make his decision, you know, sooner rather than later. Like combines. You know? Yeah, that's what you, you'd like him because, you know, it could affect what you're doing, you know, with the draft. So from that standpoint, you'd like him to go ahead and make his decision. Uh, but, you know, you definitely would like to have him back. You know, I mean, as far as I can start, I, I mean, what are you talking about? <laughs> you want to be as good as you can be. I so think you, it's you crazy want him back. people want him out. I'm like, I'm, I, I think it's crazy. I'm like, dude, the center position sets the protections. Yes. He sets, he sets blitzes. Correct. He, he, he takes so many responsibilities off of Jalen's plate. Yes. He's more valuable than Lane at times because of the things he has to do. Correct, correct. And and they look at how much they run behind him too. They, you know how you have the guards pulling now. Of course, when we we grew up in the game, the guards pulled. Ain't nobody yeah. had a center pulling. Well, you know he pulls. He's I know he's he out in the third level. That's right. So he's he's more important than a regular center. So, I mean, I don't I don't see how you could say you know you think you're a better team without him. And he's, if he's playing the best at his position, how could you be better without him? I don't see that here. How about Fletcher? And, and, and Gary, I said this. It's got to be an indictment on Howie Roseman's drafting if he does not have, for the 2024 season, two first-round tackles starting mm-hmm. in Jordan Davis and in Jalen Carter yeah. And you still got a 34-year-old guy. You can't get off the books at 10 million. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an indictment that you drafted two first rounders in consecutive years at that position for a reason. Yeah. I mean, right? He, yeah, he, I mean, what do you do those, with Fletcher? The, those guys have got to step up. I mean, with Fletcher, you know, I don't think you can give him, you know, uh, you know, they gave him 10 last year. I mean, he played well. He played he well did. for him. So I don't think you you know you're you're mad at him coming back. You no, know, you, you'd like to have more talent now. You you might not be able to give him ten, but maybe you could give him seven. You know, but I I think you you want him back. But the thing is, is you have got to push those young kids. You know, um, right at the at the end of the season. I would have been in there talking to them. Look, look, hey, let me tell you something. You guys better come back, you know, in, in the uh, in the camp. In fact, the offseason, you better live in here. We expect that we got to have it out of you guys. You got to deliver this year. We didn't draft you and use that pick just to have you in here, you know, telling jokes. You guys have better strap it up. You better get ready to play because I tell you, it's not going to be fun around here. If we're not getting anything out of you. And I think they got to be that way. And they got to tell their defensive line coach. He got to have fire on those guys because they are going to be the heart of the, you know, of this line. And, and they're young guys and there's, they got to expect a lot out of them right now. Nolan Smith, couple last questions for you. Nolan Smith, what is he and who is he? Now, I, I don't think they know. I mean, wow. because, I, I, you know, he's he's got the speed. Uh, he he did show things, and I I could see why they uh, they probably should have gave him more 
uh, more time, but you know, he, he does a lot of the same things that Hassan does, which is he's a speed rusher coming off the corner. He's undersized. And he did show that I, I think he, I think he's going to be all right. But, um, but the thing is, I think that they uh, had him doing some other things too, which I don't, I don't know if you want to get him all confused. I mean, if, if you're going to commit that he's going to be, you know, rushing the passer, basically, then you need to go ahead and decide on that. You know, if that's what you're going to do, but I don't, I don't know that they're sure about him because I'm not sure about the kid yet. You know, how about this one, Gary, last one here for you. You know, you and I were in the, in the league when you walked into a locker room could have been the last day that you walked into the locker room and everyone feared for their job. It just seems to me, Philadelphia and the Eagles and then that locker room, mm -hmm. it just seems that those things look like entitled chairs at times and maybe going into that room and blowing out Fletcher Cox, doing something that sends a message. Don't you think that team needs a message in the room to have like a, like, you know, like Jimmy going to all those veteran guys, like, like like Randy White, remember when he did all that to Randy and That's right. Rafferty and all them guys? Yeah. Blew all them dudes out, told them guys, you're not wanted here. Yeah. You know, the only guy that survived was like you and um and Ed. Mm -hmm. You know, um, Eugene Lockhart, he he did, but there were some few dudes that did. Does what doesn't that team need a message? Well, I I I definitely think that they uh that they definitely, you know, there's their guys, you know, which, um, you know, we're on the team that they won the Super Bowl with. And I do think that, um, you know, like I was saying about those young kids, you know, hey, stop looking behind you like we got somebody that's going to step in there. You are it, you know. And and I think that they, um, they do need, you know, that kind of a, a sobering message. I, I definitely think they need that. And, you know, with some of them, I, I wonder, you know, you mentioned Nolan Smith. Now, is he ready to take that on? I don't, you know, I had I didn't see it last year to where he's ready to take that on. But, but see, during the offseason, he needs to be in that weight room. He needs to be living over there, see. And I don't know that they, they it doesn't seem like they push kids the way they did when we, when we were playing. They tell them, look, this is your time, dude. You better step up or are we going to get somebody else in here? And, uh, you know, you're going to be working at the laundromat down the street. Hey, the depth chart mattered when you and I played. I don't think yeah. it matters right now. <laughs> you looked out and you were like, oh, I'm fourth. You better believe I'm out of here. That's right. <laughs> I'm out of here. Hey, finally, one last prediction on the way out. Mm -hmm. Does Nick survive the year? Yeah, I, I think he I think he'll uh yeah, I think he'll survive, but that doesn't mean he's not gonna get hit with the machete uh at the end of the year. You know? <laughs> I mean I I I'm I don't I don't uh this I can't say I feel great about Wallace at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I like can see brave him heart. Him, man, <laughs> I, I don't see a what's the what's the use in having him around? Oh I don't no no. I'm I'm with you and I'm with Angelo. I don't know what his job is. I mean, there's no way. I mean, he's neutered. I mean, he's like, you know, he he's had him cut off, man. Yeah. <laughs> I he's mean, a eunuch. It's, it's hard to say, but I mean, come on. 
You know, they basically got him in there and uh, he's got no power. How could you be the head coach and you got no power? What's his job? You know what his job is? Please tell me. I guess it's the Monday, you know, after the game, talking after the game. What what else does he do? Fla- you mean planting rainbows? I mean, no, the rainbows news conference, news conference on Monday. I mean, that's all he, you know, that's all he can do because he does not have any power. So he's like William Shakespeare on Monday. <laughs> you know, telling me some soliloquy. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I it's going to be interesting if you have players going off on him, see? Because, you know, if a head coach don't have no power, the guy, you know, he'll say something to him. Man, you better get out of my face, man. So Monday's rock, paper, scissors day. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> hey, this is for our new coordinator. Hey, <laughs> hey you know, some of the people going to start talking about him stealing money because – what is he doing? I, I, a head I coach a with no power. I think he's a doorman. I do. Gary, thank you, my friend. All right. Have a good one. You got it. Yeah, appreciate Gary Cobb, man. Absolutely funny stuff. Yeah, here, here's Nick on Monday, Tone. To be or not to be. That's what our defense is. <laughs> oh, my God. To be or not to be, our defense will tell us in the next couple days. We'll plant flowers for Othello. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, man. Gary's like, what's his gig? It's true. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show, please. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. Off of the hour, we're going to look at the top 32 prospects for the upcoming NFL draft in April. Bledsoe just released it last night. So I have the names, and we'll go over those. And right around where the Eagles are, some interesting names. We're going to get to that. That'll be at the top here. Also, um, as many of you know, Bruce Arians is a friend of mine, and he's the senior executive down with the Buccaneers. Here's the names of the teams that have expressed interest in Mike Evans. The Ravens. Okay, the Ravens. Zay Flowers, I don't know if Beckham's back, but Zay Flowers... Odell Beckham, the tight end, and Mike Evans. Yeah, that might work. You got to do something. Hey, you want to hear a stupid statistic about the Kansas City Chiefs? They led the National Football League and dropped footballs at their wide receiver position, and they still won the Super Bowl. That's unbelievable. They had more drops than any team in the NFL, and they still won the Super Bowl. Power of Mahomes. Here's the second team for Mike Evans. The Washington Commanders. So if they sign Reddick and Mike Evans, does that change the room for Washington versus Philly? You get a pass rusher. And you get a perimeter receiver like Evans, a Hall of Famer. So you could have Evans and Reddick with Josh Harris's Washington Commanders. And they got the money. And they got the money to make that happen. Here's the third team. The Texans. Mike Evans. Nico Collins, and C.J. Stroud. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, man. Here's the fourth team. The Colts. Bringing Mike Evans in. Michael Pittman Jr. Jonathan Taylor for Anthony Richardson. Oh, and your boy, 
Machine Gun Kelly slash Gardner Minshew slash Maverick. <laughs> hey, he's a pro bowler, just like your guy. Hey, isn't that crazy? Gardner Minshew and Jalen Hurts are pro bowlers together. Holy cow. I thought that was one of the most insane things I read this morning was that the Pro Bowl games had higher ratings in the NBA All-Star game. <laughs> higher ratings in the NBA, shitty-ass, woke NBA. Okay? Just play the game, guys. You got a great product. Don't tell me how to live my life. Just play ball. We got enough of those people in the world. Just go play ball. Get a great product. I want to watch your product. But when you got to put incentives in to make your players want to play, if you don't play over 65 games, you can't be MVP. Jesus, criminy. I mean, I got to put an incentive for you to want to play. What's the incentive as a fan to want to go to watch a game? You make the fans hate you. For numerous things. Your shitty politics. And on top of that, your players don't even want to show up for the regular season. How do you sell that? How do you sell that thing to like hardworking Americans? How do you sell that to Philadelphia people? How do you know what I got to, you know what? You guys are the best fan base around. There's no question about it. You tolerate complete incompetence in sports and how some of these sports leagues are run. As a hardworking community, as you guys are, Buffalo, Pittsburgh, people that listen to us around the country, how do you tolerate to have to make it so that you have to be paid to want to go to work, just to go to work, and collect your $500,000 a night? Some of these guys make $500,000. LeBron James, not saying LeBron doesn't want to play, he does. He's played 20 years. He's been He's a poor example. But to sit there and go... Some of these guys, like like Kyrie Irving, is a great example of this. I got to take a um a powder night. I don't want you know I've, I've, I'm having some issues. What's that? Not being able to count your five hundred grand. It gets direct deposited every other day. How how do you sell that to people who have to get up off their ass every day, and you have the highest ticket prices in sports? You know, the NBA's got the highest ticket prices. Well, how can you, how can, how do you sell that? Man, it's just, again, it's a great product. It's a great product, but they've polluted it. They've completely polluted it. Tone said something absolutely so true the other day. You know what it was? He, he, he he's, he's like, it's a culture thing, man. You know, the young guys see the old guys not giving a shit. Then the new young guys don't see the current group not giving a shit. Before you know it, you got a decade of that. And then guess what you have in the end? What you had over the weekend. Something that is unwatchable. Larry Bird just went like this. How about trying? Just a little. And Chuck goes, I despise the NBA. Dude, when I was a kid growing up, I thought they were some of the greatest. Athletes. Look, you can't tell me. Shaquille O'Neal's not one of the greatest athletes in the history of American sports. Is there a sport Shaq couldn't play? Can you imagine Shaq as a tight end or an edge rusher or an offensive tackle? But Shaq wouldn't do that. Why? 
because you make more money being an NBA guy. I mean, I think that's why more people like Steph Curry. He's relatable. Steph's more likable than LeBron. He's relatable. You look at a guy, you know, he's tall for normal folk. He's 6'3", right? Something like that. What did he come out of? What was the school he came out? Davidson? Right? Wasn't a big school. I think he still took him to the NCAA tournament. But he's relatable. He's about the only guy in the league relatable. I don't know. They had higher ratings. Here's the last team for Mike Evans. Are you ready? The Kansas City Chiefs are on this list. So what if the Chiefs, and I just gave you that statistic, they had the most drops of any team in the NFL and still won the Super Bowl. Okay? What what could Mike Evans with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and that defense? It's the Spagnola. They'd win. If they had Mike Evans, what's he got three now? Could he get four more Super Bowls with Mike Evans? I think he'd get two more. That put him at five. Then he'd be two behind him. I, how many people believe Mahomes is going to catch Tom Brady? How many people believe he catches Brady? How many people believe he catches him? You know, I didn't think he could. I'm not so sure now. Okay? Uh, Ridiculous goes, sometimes you just ignore all logic, Dan. Evans means other pieces leave. Probably no Sneed at least. Well, sometimes you don't understand that I always start with the money. Well, pick one. And this is before you even decide on Evans. Sneed or Chris Jones. You can't tag both of them. So who are you tagging? The 30-year-old DT? And by the way, here's his number. If you tag him. Here's Mike Evans' number. 32.16. Last year, his number was 26.8. Now it's 32.16. Are you tagging him or Sneed? One of them goes, guy. One of them goes. Who is it? And, 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 and Tone's right. The league loves parody or mediocre football. They don't want you good too long. That's why when you get a guy like Brady in the building, the NFL PA and the NFL hates him. You know why? He takes pay cuts. Anybody who takes pay cuts and gives hometown discounts traditionally wins more. You got to remember something about the Chiefs. 
you know, the, the, the ridiculous guy. How about this one, though? Uh, ridiculous. Here's why they could pay for Mike Evans. How much money are they paying Pacheco? 600 grand? Every one of those receivers are bums except for Kelsey. They're not paying any money. I think they're paying $2 million, the running back position. They can't be paying a lot of money at the wide receiver position. How much money are they paying Pacheco? I'd be curious. Pacheco is going to get paid, but he won't be he won't be a chief in two years. Shit. Let's see. Last year, this year, next year, next uh, next season. At the end of this year, he won't be a chief again. He he won't be a chief because that guy's going to get paid. I'd like to. If anyone knows how much does that guy make? Okay, Dan, are the Bucks and are the Bucks and Eagles in similar situations with Evans, Godwin, and what to do with Smitty and AJ? I don't think Godwin is in. I think Godwin's a good player. Okay, but I do not believe Godwin's a. I don't believe he's uh, Devontae Smith. I think he's good, but I don't believe that Godwin is Devontae. AJ Brown and Mike. AJ Brown is not a Hall of Fame player. Mike Evans is. Um, the problem that the Bucks have is that they don't have the signal caller to pay Mike Evans. That's why Mike Evans is out of the building. The Bucks are letting Mike Evans. You're letting a guy who every year he's been in the league has had a thousand yards walk out the building. Rico, is that right? 889? So Pacheco makes less than Brock Purdy. And he just won his second Super Bowl. Pacheco makes $889,000. So they don't really pay anybody. Ridiculous. They don't pay anybody in Kansas City offensively. Think about that for what, 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 you're paying on your offense and what the Chiefs don't pay on offense. The only guy they're paying is the tight end, the center, and the quarterback. You're paying wide out, tight end, two OTs, center, and the quarterback. Man. If I'm Mike Evans, I'm going to Kansas City. Mahomes has proven he doesn't need a star receiver to win Super Bowl. Hey, you're right, death row. If you're Mike Evans, do you take a pay cut and go to Kansas City? And you do what Moss did? Go get yourself another ring? You got two Super Bowl rings or three Super Bowl rings? Solidifies your position on making it to the Hall of Fame with all the things you've done in your career. You get two more rings. You play with Brady and Mahomes. I don't know. That might be something I'm interested in. Okay. Plus Kansas city is what's going on with Taylor Swift and uh, Mr. Pfizer, what you got going on there. That thing's a rock star show. Now I know, I know Mike Evans has a super bowl with Brady. I said two more. Okay. 
I, I like that thing going to the Texans too. I do. Yeah, Mr. Pfizer's going to be a hell of a um, movie star one day. Can't wait to watch it. He's probably going to be like Howie Long. <laughs> uh, you know, put them great movies together, have an archive of movies. This just in. Hey, Travis, once the chick dumps you, okay, just remember, okay, when she dumps you, for some loser guitarist somewhere and you're like no longer her guy you're going back to being a guy okay <laughs> and you no know, he did he hey steve i thought he did well i thought he did well on snl i love the i think jason kelsey's funnier i i think jason kelsey has more of a career in football broadcasting I think he could be the next John Madden. He could be something like that with the way he talks. I, I think Jason Kelsey has more of a career on TV with sports broadcasting than his brother does. I don't know. There's something genuine about a guy who jumps out of a booth with beers in his hand and a, no shirt, and he's gunning beers. I'll tell you what. I think Taylor Swift, the way she guns beers and the way Jason Kelsey uh, guns beers, it's very cool. I mean, I couldn't believe Taylor Swift. My, I told my wife, I go, did you see the way she was gunning beers? He goes, she's a country girl. And I'm like, she drinks like one. Man, she just put that thing, bam. Kelsey's jumping out. I, I was very, by the way, the reason I want Jason Kelsey back with the Eagles, you see the way he leaped out of that booth? I don't know how many 37-year-old guys could jump out of that booth, save the beer. No spillage, gun it, and then pop back in. And it's like 22 blow. I don't know, man. That was awful impressive. That's like archival. That's like you put that in the archives. Truly one of the greatest Olympic feats I've ever seen. No spillage, jumps out of the booth with no shirt on, guns it, jumps back in. Tell you what, Bo Jackson couldn't have done it. Swift ain't no country girl. She's from Pennsylvania. We go <laughs> tones like this. Hang on, dog. Taylor Swift ain't no country chick. She's from PA. We gun beers in PA. We don't sip. <laughs> Our women don't sip beers in PA. We gun them. Hey, you want a funnel? You want a shotgun? We're ready to roll here, man. That's how we drink beers in PA, dog. I know, you know, you're one of them aristocratic Italians up in Connecticut. You guys drink out of a sippy cup. But down here in PA, baby, we gun beers. <laughs> That's funny, man. <laughs> Cannonball. That's right. All right. Power hour coming up. We're going to reset. A very. A, by the way, yes, she is a PA. I thought she was an Eagle fan, too. Was she an Eagle fan? Well, you know, Bo's, she's got a, kind of the best of both worlds. You know, the NFL, she got Travis, and now she got Jason. I don't know. It's all good. I think it's great for the league. Pacheco, $4 million from So a seventh rounder got $4 million bucks. Really? Mike, wasn't he like a seventh rounder or sixth rounder, Pacheco? So Pacheco got a million a year? And he, I mean, he makes more money 
than the quarterback in San Francisco? And they were drafted around the same place? Hmm. Better agent, I guess. All right. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Deshaun Watson in Brazil? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that means. Deshaun Watson in Brazil? I wonder how that'll go. Okay, I, I, I just wonder how that will go. Uh, Okay. How, how would that go? You think? Uh, just, you know, I mean, <laughs> man, Brazil women are beautiful. The whole country's beautiful. Oh, I, I'm no, no, not me, man. Let's see here. Sills, do you, Patrick Sertan, too, is worth to trade for? 
come on, man. Patrick Sertan would make your defense better right out of the way, right out of the gate. Hey, Greasy, you know what I would do? I would get the teams there like 10 days early in Brazil. And if I'm if if I'm the Eagles, kind of lay low, you know, see what happens. I don't know. <laughs> hey, you know, that could be dangerous. That could be dangerous. All right, we're going to take a look at the top 32 teams according to Bledsoe. We're going to do that here in a minute, but I do want to reset on some of the stuff that we we talked about here. Um, and some of the stuff we started the show out with, especially with some of the offseason moves and some of the things that they have to make a priority. I surely hope that Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator, I sure hope that he addresses all the issues that that football team needs to address right away and not wait and let it linger. I think they've got to get, and they've got to make sure, in my opinion, I think they've got to get to a point where they understand that this is in a critical position when it comes to Jalen Hurts and his development here. And I, I wrote some of the four things down, and I brought them up with Gary Cobb and Tone. Um, dude, if you're going to make any kind of changes to this offense, do it now. Let's get it out of the way. Start working on it. How many people believe that you think the offensive line is still one of the top five units in the league? Do the numbers do the numbers support that? Do you still think you have one of the top five O lines in NFL in the NFL? Do you? No way, Hollywood. Top five. Sure up RG. Right guard. Dan, I think Kellamore will try to make hurt something he's not correct. That's my point too, ridiculous. Maybe not top five because they're showing age, but still top 10, Denny. Top 10, 15? Okay. Let me ask you this. And, and Tone, I know you're listening, and if you could help me on this one and, and just make sure that I'm being around – the facts here were the Eagles, the most blitz team in the league. They were the most blitz team in the league, right? What would you give a grade on blitz pickup for the O-line? Not hurts. Blitz pickup. What would you give a grade? C minus. C minus. C plus. C. Well, we're talking about average here. Okay. How about your run offense in the second half of the season? C plus? C minus? Okay. We're not talking special. How about hits on the quarterback? Number was up high this year, right? Right? Jordan Love was one. Golf was two. Hertz was third. Allen was fourth. Okay? 
What was the one thing they did well? The Eagle offensive line. Tush push. What else? You can't keep living off of your reputation is my what I'm doing here. You're living off of reputation. And you're not living in reality. You're not a top five offensive line any longer. You're older at right tackle. Your left tackle is coming on and being a great player. Your left guard is really good. Your center's good. Your right guard position, I don't know. And if your center goes, it diminishes you even more. Hertz was also ranked third in hurries. Mahomes was second and Geno was first. So let me get this right. Hertz was blitzed the third most in the league. And he was third in hurries. That's pass protection, right? Do you understand he took the element away of the kid's elusiveness? And you made him a statue, which is easier to hit. Something that's standing still is an easier target than something that's constantly moving around. It's common sense. He was harder to hit in 22, right? Because you didn't. he was unpredictable. They knew where he was going. Steichen knew where he was going. But the defensive coordinator didn't. You completely took element of surprise away. Not only did you make him predictable on his targets, but you made him predictable in the pocket. You understand this, right? See, this has nothing to do with play calling. This is schematics. This is how they designed it. So, again, all of your crazy-ass people that cover the team and tell you all this bullshit, top five O-line. Well, you not only hurt hurts, you hurt the O-line with what you were trying to accomplish in 23, with the way you approached the game. Your quarterback became a sitting target. You had more hurries. He was third in the league in hurries, third in the league on hits on the quarterback, third in the league on blitz, and he was throwing to numbers, and he was an 8% quarterback completion percentage in the middle of the field. How in the world did that guy really win 11 games? Unbelievable. If you did things, if you did one of those things better, Hurts would have won 14 ball games. Personally, again, I think that isolation on here, here's my here's my you tell me if you think I'm off base here on this. I think the analytics guys and Howie and all these guys that pay AJ, I think the emphasis to get him the ball hurt the quarterback this year and his own development. You're not teaching him to be a quarterback. You're teaching him to throw the targets. You know what a good quarterback does? He spreads the ball out. And l- l- like I told you a couple days ago, you threw the ball more and targeted less targets. Uh, how, how do you not know where it's not going if you're just a common sense idiot? You could be the village idiot and know what you're doing. 
They're throwing the ball 150 times more, but they're throwing it to less people <laughs> and to two spots on the field. I'm really not sure what we're doing here. So think of the job that Keller Moore has to do. Jalen Hurts ranked 13th in the league in bad throws. Trevor Lawrence was ranked first, leading the league in bad throws. Jackson was 12th. Mahomes was 11th. Tua was 10th. And Allen was 9th. All in bad throws. So, let me get this right. Jalen Hurts was third in hurries. <laughs> he was blitzed the third most. And he had and he was 13th in the league in bad throws. And then you combine the fact of their approach. Kellen Moore has to change all that. How are you changing that? Are you assuming he's going to be a better passer because of a down year and that he'll learn from his mistakes? Could be. That's 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 a possibility. That's totally a possibility. That could happen. He he he's he's a smart kid. He gets it. He he knows he he gets that. Okay. He does. That old line is not as good as you think. Would it shock you? By the way, we're going to go into the draft here in a second. Okay. Thank you, Chuck. Hey, Chuck. It hurts really. Hey, I'm going to say something here. I have, you know what? Hey, Tone, I'm going to say something here that, you know what? Jalen Hurts really had a good year, but because of the team and the coaching and the way that they wanted him to play, it's their fault he had a down year, not his. When they paid him, they changed him, not vice versa. Usually when a player gets paid, he changes. The Eagles changed. He's less accessible to the media, according to Jeff Kerr. Okay? They changed. I blame the Eagles for this. In total, Jalen Hurts had 72 bad throws in 23. That's an average of four bad throws a game. He averaged 31 attempts per game. I wonder how many bad throws he had in 22. Compared to that 23. And it would be more of a percentage. And I would think that he probably averaged, what, 25 throws? Probably a game in 22. 23 to 25 passes a game. I guarantee you the percentage numbers far lower. Because he had far less turnovers. Look at the job that Kellen Moore is going to put him under center. Man, that's a remedy for a disaster for a guy 
who has had all those issues last year. You're going to you're going to change all that stuff, no shotgun, go to under center, more pocket passing, less running. Man. Wow. Is that asking a lot? I get it, you're paying him a ton. Okay? And I, I, hey, Sugar and next year is Hurts' is fourth OC. Damn. And Hollywood, still learning to read defenses. Man, it is a long road here. There's a long road here. I do things a little slower, but that's me. Like last year, hiring his buddies to be coordinator is not a way to win. Think about what they're doing two years in a row. They hired Hertz's buddy last year to be his coordinator. Now you guys want to have a ceremonial goodbye to Brandon Graham. That's not a way to win. And 2022, Hertz had 61 bad throws. That's on average of four bad throws in 15 games he played. He averaged 30 attempts. So if you look at it, he averaged 30 attempts in, in 22. Four bad throws a game. He had four bad throws a game. But he was up 11 more bad throws. That's because of the attempts. So he's hanging right in there. And that's why his p- completion percentage is still at 66 and hanging in there. So he's accurate. I don't think those are bad numbers. 15 games, four bad throws a game. Now, I would make this point to you. Four bad throws a game when you have A.J. Brown, uh, Dallas Goddard, and Devontae Smith, and you see guys like Mahomes having nobodies or or Josh Allen having only digs. I mean, you understand why that is more on the offense, that you need more production. You got too many good players on your team to have that. Four bad throws a game. You can't have that. I get four bad throws, okay, when you have nobody's on your offense. Like the 21 season for Hertz. He threw the ball 78 times in 2023 compared to 2022. He only had 11 more bad throws. You're right. It's not bad. That's why his completion percentage is still there. He's hanging around the same room. It, that get this when you look at his performance, this is performance driven. What Tone's talking about here versus how they lined him up and asked him to play coaching. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. It really tells a story. He wasn't bad. It was the shitty philosophy and Nick's fucked up offense. Oh, lines. And by the way, try to get, try to get a running back in the building. I'll take a running back. Who's not the most talented guy on the planet. Just make sure he can block. And I have no, I have no idea why you handed out a roster spot. To Rashard Penny. What was the point of that? 
You threw you threw two point five million dollars in the garbage can. And you lit it on fire. You got nothing for it. What was that about? No one. Hey, get this: a complete roster spot that could have been a linebacker or safety. What were you doing with that, Howie? What's the point? What's the point with Boston and Penny? The you had two roster spots. You did nothing with. What's the point of having them on the team? What is the point? All right, let's take a look at some of these. This is according to Bledsoe. These are the top 32 players that are ranked. Doesn't It's not by quarterback. It's just by best player. I happen not to agree with a lot of these. Because to me, I it's the overvaluing of the quarterback. You understand the quarterback, he screws the first round up. And that's why every other round kind of fall in line. Okay? Okay? Here we go. Bledsoe has Caleb Williams, number one, SC quarterback. Personally, to me, I think he's got weak feet in the pocket. I think he panics when he's pressured. He can't win big games. I think late in ball games, he'll throw it to somebody. You know, they're comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Now, there's some likeness to it. And Mahomes, remember something with Mahomes and with Cliff Kingsbury at Texas Tech. When those guys left that building, they may not have won a lot of games. They were top five in passing in the country. So I never saw that with Southern Cal. They never, I never looked at them and went, man, that's some offense. That's unbelievable. I look at him and I go, he's a good ball player. Is he a first rounder? I guess. But I'm not, I'm, am I building my team and gambling on him? I'll keep with Justin Fields if I'm Chicago. I'm not doing that. I just, I just, you know. I'm just not doing that. And Chicago has the first pick. Should Chicago keep him? They got it from Carolina. Should they keep him? Justin Fields or go with this guy? Here's what I do. I trade down with Washington. Washington's got the second pick. See if they'll bite on Caleb Williams. And I take Marvin Harrison Jr. And I put him there with Justin Fields. You've invested all that work in Justin Fields. I like him. I think he's just needs better coaching. Matt Eberflus, really? He's the 2024 Brandon Staley. Why would you retain that guy when you had quality offensive guys out there? Never made sense to me. Matt Eberflus keeps his job? Damn. I trade down, but who am I? That's what I, I, I would, if I'm Chicago, I trade down with Washington. I get Harrison Jr. Have him on the other side of DJ Moore. Then you got DJ Moore and you have Marvin Harrison Jr. 
then there's no excuse for Fields not to succeed. Feel me? Drake May's third. I think New England will take Drake May. Quarterback UNC. Could be and probably is the most talented quarterback in the draft. Okay? I hate the ACC. I hate saying that because UN plays in it. But I hate the ACC. And just so you know, up there I won an ACC championship. But I hate the ACC. And I I mean, I've got an ACC championship ring. It was better back in the day than it is now, but I don't know. We'll see. The competition, I liked you could watch him in the pocket. Mac Brown did a great job with him. I like him. I really do. I like him, and I think he's if you're asking me, I think he's I like him more than I like Caleb Williams. Okay. Number four, wide receiver, Malik Neighbors, LSU. Wow. Another chase. These LSU wide receivers are freak shows. And the guys that go to LSU, these wide receivers, they are talented guys. They ain't no TCU dude here, man. This guy, Neighbors, can play. And at four, it's Arizona. I could see Arizona at four grabbing him for Kyler Murray. That makes the perfect sense for um, Arizona to grab him. Now, you might go defense here because that's what Jonathan Gannon is, but you've got to figure out if that quarterback is your dude, okay? You've got to figure out if he's your guy. Number five, it's the Chargers. Get this. So the Chargers are going to get Brock Bowers, tight end Georgia. You're going to have Keenan Allen. I don't believe Mike Williams will be there, but he's still there now. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Brock Bowers, Justin Herbert, and Jim Harbaugh. I'll tell you something. Justin Herbert's going to have a massive year. He's going to have a massive year, in my opinion. Number six, Giants, John Alt, offensive tackle, Notre Dame. That makes sense. Okay, that makes sense. Giants need O-linemen. They have failed miserably at offensive line. This Cooper DeJean kid, this kid from Iowa and his speed he has. You know, one thing I'll say about these Iowa guys, especially the tight end position, they produce some talent. Kirk France does a nice job up there developing talent. They just don't win a lot of ball games and significant games in the Big Ten. But when you watch him, and this guy did a great job on Marvin Harrison Jr. He's a good ball player. And they have him ranked seventh. And Tennessee taking him? Makes sense. They need help in the back end. Thank you, Chuck. Number eight. This kid was great in the postseason, and he was great all year at Washington. Roma Duza, wide receiver, Washington. Personally, I think this kid 
there's a chance he has a better career than Harrison Jr. Rangy can play. And where is he? Eight? Atlanta? I'm not sure Atlanta takes a wide out here. Unless they grab Cousins. If they grab Cousins, they'll grab the receiver. With him, with Pitts, and with Bijan, you got something there. Right? The kid from Florida that they got a couple years ago, you put Bijan, then you grab this guy, and you get Cousins. You're kind of in the room there. Number nine, Nate Wiggins, corner, Clemson. He's the first corner, a uh, second corner off the board here. It affects the Eagles here. Um, I, I, I talked, you guys know Debo comes on the program all the time. And he said, Sills, this guy is a great ball player. He's got a knack for the ball, you know, and he's got cheat speed. Do you guys know what cheat speed is? He can cheat, make the speed up, get back into position. That's Deion Sanders shit. Okay. He's got cheat speed, which means he can slide over a little bit and guess a little bit more. Why? He's athletic. Those are great guys to have in the secondary because you know why? They're never out of position. When you got cheat speed, you're never out of position. Nine, that's Chicago's second pick. I totally see that. They need help in the secondary. Number 10, Feshanu, the OT from Penn State. Fantastic big body guy. He's the best tackle on the board next to Alt. As a matter of fact, I kind of like him a little bit more than um, the kid from Notre Dame. I've seen the kid from Notre Dame get beat a little bit. This kid, I haven't. And to me, he goes to an NFC team. He'd be perfect in the NFC. I liked, I like, I'm not saying, Chuck, I don't like the alt kid because I do. Um, Fagwu, the kid from Oregon State, did a great job with EJ for the Beavers this year. Man, he's a big dude, too. Really big. He's great in run blocking. And I'll tell you what, watch him slide his feet. He's the 10th player ranked. And he, uh, 11th player ranked. And he's from Oregon State. He's a good-looking football player. Number 12, Byron Murphy, DL, Texas. Um, He gets blocked a little bit. He's not Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith has two cement shoes. I told you that. He was not a first-rounder. Okay? He he was not a first-round draft choice. This kid's got better feet. He's kind of like Mozzie. You know? He's kind of like a guy, but, man, I think 12 is awful high for him. I, I mean, they think a lot of him. I think he's more around 20. The kid Mitchell, the corner from Toledo. I have a problem with this one here. Because it's Toledo. Does that mean he's not good? Look at Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati. Does that mean he's not good? No. I'm just going to play the averages here. I'm not drafting people from Toledo. It's not in today's NFL. And not in today's college football. Why? Because the transfer portal. The transfer portal, if a kid's good and he's sitting behind somebody at Clemson or Ohio State or Indiana, He's going to go to a better program, and they're going to identify that. So today's college football, 
grabbing a kid from Toledo? No, I'm not doing that. I'm just not. I'm going to play the averages. This kid could turn out to be the next. Um, he could be the next. He 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 could be the next greatest corner in the history. The next Patrick Sertain. But I'm just not playing that average there. Not in today's college football when the transfer portal allows kids to move freely now that are playing behind really good players. Why would I draft a kid from Toledo when I get a guy like here? Here, get this. That kid, Christian Gonzalez. If I'm not, is it Gonzalez or is it the kid? No, it wasn't Witherspoon. It was Christian Gonzalez, the one that the uh, Patriots drafted. He started at Colorado, and I think he went to Oregon. So you know he went from Colorado. This was pre-Dion, and he went to Oregon. You're not going to miss on that because Oregon, they saw the talent in the kid. I'm just not taking a guy from Toledo. And Greg, how many years ago was Kareem Hunt drafted from Toledo? Six? Transfer portal was in existence then. I got the kid Arnold, cornerback, Bama, Trayvon Arnold. How many bad players on defense? come out of college. Um, now, six-rounder for Hunt from Toledo, it's a great sign. It, 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 it's a great draft choice. It is. Very few players. Dallas Turner, I love him. Edge rusher, Bama, 15. That's Seattle. Makes a lot of sense there. By the way, let me go back here. Arnold, cornerback, 14. New Orleans, Dennis, Dennis Allen, sure do. 13, the Raiders, that is so Raider to draft a kid from Toledo. 12, Denver, DL. Probably defense. Man, I tell you this, I'd like the I'd like the Eagles to somehow get this guy. Jared Verse, edge rusher FSU. Mario Cristobal told me this guy's the real deal. Okay? But here's the here's the problem with him sometimes. He, had a, he got into an argument and conversation, and there was a screaming match with his D-line coach. Okay? And this was two years ago. And it, it got better. He, he's a very fiery guy. Um, a lot of good things about him. Is he coachable? Personally, I think he's a top 10 kid. But... You know, dude, all those little tiny things matter. When you're talking about shit like that, there's a difference between being a 10th pick and a 16th pick. All those small things. You know, when I tell you this, hey, man, one inch could cost a kid $3 million. This kid Johnson from Oregon, top center in the draft. Who's at 17? Jacksonville, perfect. They need a center. Hey, you want to help Trevor Lawrence? Get him a better center. Put a great center in there. Look what Linda Baum did for it. Get this. The two best centers in the AFC, one has the MVP in uh, Lamar Jackson, and the other one has Creed Humphrey. 
I mean, there's no coincidence to that. And Jalen Hurts has Jason Kelsey. And you guys want to go from Jason Kelsey to Cam Jurgens? Come on, man. Let's be a little bit here. J.C. Langtham, O.T. Bama. Now you're at 19. Could be a target for the Eagles here. 19. The Rams. Boy, do they need no lineman. Yeah, but hey, by the way, CZ, these aren't my rankings. Bledsoe has uh, verse ranked 16th. Oh, you're saying he won't go to 22. Yeah, probably right. Um, Jerron Newton, D-line, Illinois. Man, I'll tell you one thing about Lovey Smith. He did a great job of recruiting that Illinois program. Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, this kid. They put a bunch of guys on that roster. They just couldn't put offensive guys in there. Man, he did a great job in recruiting because this is another Lovey guy. And he's an interior D lineman, good-looking football player. Um, competition, he's probably second-best D lineman in the Big Ten last year. Kool-Aid McKentry, 21. I believe that's the Eagles' target. If they don't do anything – with uh, Jalen Johnson or somebody like that, I think this kid Kool-Aid's their guy. And for whatever I got to do, I got to try to get rid of Bradbury if I have to pick up half the salary. But McKinstry is at 21. Would the Dolphins draft him? They could. The Eagles might have to move up with the Dolphins to get him. At 22 is Jaden Daniels. They're not going to draft him. At 22, the Eagles, LSU. Brian Thomas Jr., wide receiver, LSU. Two LSU wide receivers are in the top 22 rankings for Bledsoe, the top scouting service for the NFL. What's that tell you? Jaden Daniels, the quarterback, and the two receivers are ranked in the top 22. I think a lot of what went on down there with Brian Kelly. Troy Franklin, wideout, Oregon. I liked him. Bo Nix had him. Lad McConkey, wide receiver, Georgia. He's a good ball player. I don't like him. So I'm dropping a couple passes in there, especially critical games against Alabama and, and against Missouri I saw it too. I didn't think he had a great game against Missouri. Let me go down to 28, Baltimore. Graham Barton, OT, perfect. Duke, smart, good. He's a good ball player. Did a nice job. They got J.J. McCarthy at 30. And Baltimore has another pick there. Man, I got Snoop Hunley. I'm I, I'm not drafting this guy, I, and I don't think JJ McCarthy. In my opinion, I don't think he's a first round draft choice. Tyler Guyton, OT, Oklahoma. OU's been putting out some good old linemen. Lane, obviously. What was Lane? What was his draft choice? Fourth. Was he like the fourth or third pick? 
And am I right when I say this? That was a Chip Kelly pick. That wasn't a Howie Roseman pick. Wasn't wasn't that a um wasn't that a Lane Johnson pick? Or wasn't Lane a Chip Kelly pick? And here, fourth pick, that's big. How about this one? Wait a minute here. Fitness. Here's what happens. Bledsoe has ranked Tyler Newbin, safety, Minnesota. The 32nd pick or the 32nd best player. He's not a corner. Would Kansas City trade up 29 to Detroit? And trade picks. And Detroit takes Tyler Newbin at 32. And they take Enos Ratstraw, cornerback Missouri, at 29. You, you Both teams kind of get what they want. Detroit needs a safety. And the, and the Kansas City Chiefs may need a corner if they let Sneed walk. And, and, and I heard Tone say it. Um, he's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tag Chris Jones, thirty-two-one. That is a lot of pocket change. Okay, thirty-two-one. One ranking is um, Gillette Galetti. I don't have him here. Um, again, I only had the top 32. I'm not saying he's not on there. I'll, I'll take a look at that, and we'll go deeper into it when I get a little more intel. Big Seals, I don't think Howie will let Guyton go to any anyone, in my opinion. Guyton, oh, oh, hey, 31, Oklahoma kid. They may take the kid men's from Georgia instead, or the kid from Washington. You know, hey, J.C. Langtham. I could easily see the Eagles drafting an offensive tackle at 22. Okay? Especially if Jeff Stoutland likes him. I could easily see that. All right. Let me take a timeout. Hit the like button. Keep it here, National Football Show. bubbles and the bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. E-A-G-L-E-X. Eagles. That's Craig Carton's story. And, and hey, I, I got to tell you, I was laughing when I was listening to uh, Tone talking about Craig. And you know Craig's a friend of mine. He and I go way back. And see, Rob is, who does a great job. and does a great job at IP. Really like him. Um. That's not his style, Cartons, okay? He's not a journalist, and he's not going to pretend to be. He's an agitator to Eagle fans. You know why? He's born and raised in New York. He's going to pick on two cities, Boston and Philly. You think he gives a shit about Chicago? You think he gives a shit about Pittsburgh? You think he cares about any of them places? Okay. When I grew up, Philly, Boston were the enemy. Okay. Monk would play for the Giants. What do you think I was like rooting for the Eagles? Isn't it funny? People in here go like this. Oh, Sills, you know, you don't really give a shit about the. My whole entire life growing up, you think having a Hall of Fame uncle may have had a little bit of a problem for me rooting for the Eagles? Maybe a little? (laughs) I mean, you guys are funny with that, right? Sitting around and like uh, dancing eagle fan. I don't think so. (laughs) You feel me here? Jefferson's comments about getting the bag was disconcerting. He cares about being paid as every wide receiver does. And that's why L. Clark, I'm not paying Justin Jefferson if I'm Minnesota. I'm not paying any wide receiver that money of $25 million. You don't win Super Bowls with big paid wide receivers. And the Eagles want to have two of them. I don't think it works. Okay? I don't think it works. I just don't. I mean, we we, we did that. We did that exercise. 
when it came down to like all the big wideouts that were in the Super Bowl. There ain't no big wideouts in the Super Bowl that won Super Bowls. None of them. You don't win Super Bowls with big wideouts or big paid wideouts. You win Super Bowls with quarterbacks and defense. Thank you, Flexen. That's how I looked at Flexen. I used to set up the cones at um, the Yale Bowl. Jerry Rice. Uh, Jerry Rice is 35 years ago. I'm talking about today. Receivers weren't the highest paid guys in the league back in 1985. Running backs, quarterbacks were. Not receivers. This is a new thing that has happened. It's a total new thing. All right. Guys were great. Thank you so much for coming aboard as always. Xander, Big Joe, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you guys. I thank you very much for putting out many fires. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. Tone, got a good lesson today, didn't you, Tone? Yeah, I got you too, man. Hey, thank you for the comments today, man. They meant a lot to me, so I appreciate it. Two to six tomorrow, and we'll see you on the flip side. bubbly go for the story and the stories go for the win go to ocean casino resort book your trip at theoceanac.com save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful powerade body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the kroger app to save big today kroger fresh for everyone prices and product availability subject to change restrictions apply see site for details